welcome back to The Suspense is Killing Us. It's me, your co-host, Kevin Clark, across the table from me, as per usual. Travis Vote. There he is. And over here, wearing a nice bandana. It's my mask. I know, but it's, I thought it, for a second you were just dressing like your dog. Yeah. I know, she's got a red one. These, this is a black one. This is my bank robber bandana. You and your dog are twinsies. It's me, Matt Lynch. Lynch is my name, sorry. You got the same bandana as your dog, the same ideology. Right. You're both MAGA. Alt-right. You're both alt-right? I'm. Well, no, she's MAGA. I'm a soy boy beta cuck. Oh, wow. Oh, so you're the you... original odd couple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get along, even? That well, I, f- I feed her. Uh, and she's like, I guess. I guess, yeah. I'll put up with this soy boy beta cuck as long as he's feeding yeah. me and taking me for he walks and taking me to one day without feeding me kibble, I'm going to eat his face. She yeah. would. Yeah. And one of took these days. To the vet, took her to the vet this week. It was heartbreaking. Do tell. It's a hard day. She had an, she had an ear infection. I take her to the vet. And, uh, <laughs> man, she did not want these. <laughs> she did not want these poor lab techs, these, these nurses, Aww. these vets to, like, Put this medicine in her ears. Was it like that scene in uh, Spider-Man 2 where Doc Ock kills everybody with all his... Uh... It was kind of like that. Wow. Like, it took three nurses plus three. me to restrain her enough just to give her an injection. Oh, jeez. And that that was supposed to sedate her enough to, to <laughs> put the medicine in her, to like put her out so we could put the medicine in her ears. Because her, her ears were so uncomfortable, she wouldn't let anybody near them. Oh, boy. And she's muzzled the whole time, too. I had to muzzle her. <laughs> and uh, and that, didn't, that didn't knock her out. And so, like, 20 minutes later, they come back, and they're like, we're going to give her another shot. So they give her a second injection of, of sedative. Didn't knock her out. Good God. Dog so finally, finally, yeah, finally, I had to, like, restrain her myself. Like, the, she was the only one. I was the only one that she would even let near her at this point. And so, like, I was able to finally get the medicine in her ears. And, uh, and I walked her, like, the four blocks home. And the, the, the doctor and the, the vet techs were like, how is she walking? Like, we gave her so much drug, she shouldn't be awake. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She had to end up hitting the dog with a frying pan repeatedly <laughs> until it went out. Did she? <laughs> fi- no, she never actually passed out until we got home. Jesus. Well, what is f- with your dog? She fought that. She fought it, yeah. She do was think, just not having it. Do you think that the veterinarians submitted this information to like a government agency? <laughs> they actually they actually <laughs> called the next day to check up on her. And they were like, how's she doing? That was really stressful. You know, is she doing okay? And I'm like, yeah, she's fine. She's fine. And she's like, we've never seen a dog, you know. <laughs> never? Deal with that many drugs. And we've got a plan for next time she comes in. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no. They re- that plan involves sending the dog to the government and right. making it a weapon. They, they, <laughs> you uh, know it. When when we got her from the shelters, she came with some trazodone, or like doggy Xanax, and we we give her some of that every now and then if she's like real crazy or like you know she's got to be alone for a long time. So I gave her like half half one of those before we went to the vet. And then as we're leaving, like the vet's like, so you're gonna need to bring her back for like a checkup just to make sure everything's okay in like two or three weeks. Before you do, give her two of those, and then bring her in. Jesus Christ. Wow. So, like, yeah, she just doesn't, like, she's just a machine. She Whew. fights through the drugs. There is a substantial <laughs> dollar value attached to this canine. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Make it into a weapon. She's a, she's a monster. She's a weapon X. I love that dog. She's a killer. She's a fucking killer. You got her from the, from, the, from the shelter, so, yeah, she could be part of Weapon X. Yeah, right. We got her from a shelter in Wenatchee, too, so, you know, who knows where she fucking came she's from. Like, she's like the Wolverine of dogs. She's like, escaped from some sort of super dog. But she doesn't facility. remember. That's the yeah, thing. Exactly. She's also like, uh, what's that, the long... Uh, I mean, frankly, if a she... A long kiss goodnight. long kiss goodnight. Yeah, she's, she's gonna like secretly an assassin dog. Yeah, she's going she's gonna to be cooking you dinner one night and just throw a knife like a pro across Just the, do that. So... <laughs> First of all, she's gonna be cooking him dinner one yeah. night. Well, the dog is that. I, I mean, think that that's already like a look. Real... If the dog is an assassin, why can't it cook dinner? 
You're just casually looking over as your dog cuts oh, vegetables oh. like that's normal. And then the dog throws a knife. You're like, whoa, whoa. Hold dog, on. Dog, oh, chefs, no. dog chefs do that. What? And my dog was, all right, all right, hear me out. My dog was norm, like normal, <laughs> cutting vegetables and cooking me dinner. Yeah. And then all what of was, a sudden. What was she cooking for dinner? Huh? Just when kibble. That, when that happened. Fry. Just kibble, making yeah. kibble. So there like she's go. she's like making you dinner, but it's still like this is very sweet. But I'm not gonna. I'm eat not gonna this. eat this. <laughs> she, she just pre- prepares you a nice like yeah. bo- a nice pile of her own shit. Like there you go. I eat this stuff. It's great. <laughs> Enjoy. She does not eat her own shit. Yeah. Dogs all eat their own shit. I mean, they don't you know, all eat their own them, shit. They all eat their own shit. Well, anyway, if you give them enough rope. Mine is uh, also like deceptive. She like tricks. She tricks people because she's like an angel until like one thing happens that she doesn't like which is it doesn't really affect me because the only things she doesn't like are like other dogs you know like like she'll she'll like bark at other dogs and stuff she's great around people but like you know like the vets were all because of because of the virus i was supposed to drop the dog off at the vet and then come back yeah so i like drop the dog off i go get some taco bell because it's right across the street go back to my apartment and like I'm, I've, I've like barely taken the first bite, and they call me, and they're like, "Yeah, she got her muzzle off. Can you come back and put it back on?" Did she wouldn't let her put havoc, the muzzle like, on. Did you hear havoc in the background? <laughs> no, of the call? no, no. She, but she doesn't. Did you, did she doesn't you really go, do that. Did you go like, motherfuckers? I just opened just this, got taco this taco bell. bell. I'm trying to fucking eat this taco bell. I'm but trying like, to watch <laughs> the Lost Boys. I, 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 I go back. Bell. I put the muzzle back. She wouldn't let the nurses put the muzzle on her. But she let me do it. I, I go back outside because I'm like, I'm just not going to go home. I'm just going to wait outside. So they're like, it's only going to take 15 minutes. They come out two minutes later, like she got the muzzle off again. You want to come in and like rub her head while we do this? And then at a certain point, they're like putting us into a, a, an adjacent room with the door shut. There's two or three people. They try to get a blanket to throw over her so that they could sneak up on her. She's like, Man. nothing gets past this dog. She's a fucking monster. I wow. love her so much. She's an angel to me. She's like a total to doll baby. Uh, you know, she she sleeps in our bed. She rolls over on her back. She likes to get played with. She likes to have her belly scratched. I mean, she's a beautiful girl, but uh, put put the wrong thing in front of her, and she's a hey, murderer. Adamantium skeleton. Don't the doctor sucks. Yeah. I'm with her. The doctor sucks? Yeah. Just going oh, to the doctor? Oh, I see. Yeah, going you know, to the doctor specifically sucks. picking on this veterinarian. No, the vets no, are no, very I'm patient sure vet, and great I'm sure these us, doctors yeah. are fine. I just don't like going to the doctor either. I'm with your yeah. dog. They're trying to stick this shit in her ears, and her ears really hurt, and she was just pissed off. She's yeah. like, no, I don't want it. Yeah. Motherfucker's trying to put shit in my ears. Yeah. I I well, I went to the doctor a year ago for the first time in decades probably, and it was it wasn't so much that it was like a sucky invasive experience. It was just more like, oh, this doctor could give a shit if I live or die. <laughs> like, yeah, you're just a fucking paycheck for him, man. <laughs> it was it was a young lady, and and she was just like, uh, so do you uh, do you drink alcohol in excess? I was like, yep. Hell She's yeah, like, that's fine. I don't care. Yeah. She's like, do you smoke cigarettes? I go sometimes. All right. You smoke marijuana? Yes. All, All right. Yep. Yeah, have a have a good one. Crack cocaine? <laughs> I'm high right she now. She never at any point went like maybe don't do that stuff or anything. Yeah, but I mean, I think they see that they see much worse than you probably. Uh, I, I'm, she, I'm sure. I'm sure she was like, you drink some, you smoke every once in a while. You look, you look fine. And then there's went, a guy that was in here 15 minutes ago that was literally dying. You're fine. Oh, Just oh, keep, yeah. keep doing that shit. If you have a bum uh, knee, take if you some, feel take your some heart ibuprofen. going out, give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But she she went like, "Do you want me to check your prostate for you?" And I and and I thought You're I like, just didn't yes. think it, I didn't think it was like a option. I was like, I go into the doctor and the doctor does this stuff because for your own health. And I was basically like, "Not really." And she goes, "Fine, I don't want to do it either." <laughs> and she didn't say that part, but she was just like, "That's fine." I was like, "Is it? It is." Oh, what is this shit? Uh, where'd you go, Doctor Giggles? It was Doctor Giggles. <laughs> doctor Josephine Giggles. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Giglet. Not as funny as their name would imply. Yeah. <laughs> no, she wasn't she very is strangely humorless. We're a, we're a dry <laughs> sense of humor. 
Yeah, you wouldn't get it. It's a dry sense of humor. She did literally say, though, when she asked if I if I smoke marijuana, and I said yes, she went, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's 420 right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> you want to blaze up? Ding, get on ding, the train. Ding. Well, Jeez, speaking dragon. of speaking of drugs, speaking of blazing up, <laughs> oh yeah, baby, uh, we got. Uh, we'll let's jump into the first movie of our. Uh, <laughs> well, no, no, no. Here. Before we jump into them, what's our theme? our theme? Is I know we're gonna jump into that after we get to the theme. Teacher uh. man, teacher man to Fishburn was my idea. You liked Bur- Fishburn after reading, Fish- or um, uh, Fishburn notice, Fishburn notice. Well, yeah. well, I guess we'll see which one ends up on yeah. there. Should we put up a Twitter poll for this one? Fuck no. Or <laughs> no, maybe I thought. It Did you have fun. a favorite, Kevin? Uh no you know I I was I was all I've told a couple people um Fishburn after reading and that got a laugh or no no that Fishburn after reading uh oh, no. Teach a Man to Fishburn oh. and that got a laugh but then yesterday uh you texted uh Fishburn notice and I went like eh and then I and then at that point I liked I. Was oh, no, laughing I, to my, I was too. laughing to myself at Fishburn after reading. So maybe we should put a Twitter oh. poll because I think because I think uh, I don't know. I think I at first it was like Fishburn, Fishburn after reading. That's not good. Third and degree then, Fishburn. And then yesterday I thought it was funny. You know, so, honestly, I don't know. Though, I think I think it could. I think we could. I think it was our first idea. But honestly, teach a man to fish. Teach a man to Fishburn because was my it's kind of like idea. this is yeah. essentially an ins- we're instructive. We're talking about. We're talking about Fishburn. This is maybe but edutainment. I thought that Fishburn after reading or Fishburn notice works too because in in at least in, two of these in at least two of these movies he's playing like a, a sort of a undercover yeah, yeah. like a and double agent. Bad Company kind is of. especially sort of a spy movie. So and Bad Company is a spy movie. Yeah, so yeah, that's um, true. Basically. And it's shorter. But anyway, Fishburn notice is very short. I know. I know. Well, whoever's listening to this now, I hope you're not disappointed with the one that we went with. <laughs> Instead of the other ones, but uh, yeah, that's all. Anyway, it's all about Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, three movies three with Lawrence, movies Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. Deep Cover from 1992, Bad Company from 1995, and Just Cause also from 95. Or as I like to call it, Just Cause. Just Cause. Because <laughs> you watch this movie, t- and you go, "Why did we watch this? Just, just Cause." Why did they make the movie? <laughs> just Cause. <laughs> oh, literally. Yeah, a, a movie that seems like it has something on its mind and. Absolutely does not. Uh, I kind in a, a kind of wonderful way. I kind I like ended up. I kind of ended up enjoying it a lot. Uh, I ended up enjoying it, but I thought that for most of its time, it was pretty pretty boring. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was like so. It was like one of those. Where I was like, "What's this? Wait, this movie's over, and then there's an hour left. Oh wait, no, this movie just got dumb." Yeah. <laughs> but it does have Sean Connery in it, so we can do a bunch of Sean Connery. Like it was. Voices. It's it like does. it's like a movie. We'll we'll get to it, but it's like a movie that is. Dumb in a boring way, and then gets dumb in a fun in a way. Fun way, yeah. And like it's like well, this movie never it never stops being being dumb, but it's just dumb in both ways, which I enjoyed. It was like yeah. my I I felt like I was like this movie is not good, right? But if this were a quote unquote better movie, it would be much worse. Like if it was trying, like if it actually sure, was sure. trying to address then it would be right. like the chamber. Like if it was trying the, to break, break, address the issues that it brought up, you'd be like this is dire and sucks. it would be actually but instead it's it like, would be actually fucked up. Instead it's like. It's like, oh, this is about something, and then you're like, no, it's not. This movie sucks. Anyway, we'll get to Just we, Cause. We sound like we're most <laughs> excited to get to Just Cause, but honestly, we probably more, well, at least just as excited to get to our first movie. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. This and is it, one it, of my favorite movies of its period. Yes. Yeah. An extremely fun and weird and just bananas movie called Deep Cover. Deep Cover. The great thing about life on the street is you know how it's going to be. It's always the same. It's always getting worse. Hasta la vista! 
On these streets, one color rules. Green. It's not 10 kilos we want, we want 20. Listen, you're taking a lot away for a guy we hardly know, John. Where are you moving this stuff? He's going to get you busted. No, he won't. On these streets, nothing's what it seems to be. Is that our bust? Yeah. Well, who is he? Listen, John here got busted, but he kept his mouth shut. On these streets, he'd be the perfect criminal if he wasn't the perfect cop. Do you ever take a look at your psychological profile? You score almost exactly like a criminal. I'm looking for somebody who will go under and stay under. What does he have to do? Buy drugs, sell drugs, set up the people that I want to bust. Because there's only one rule in this game, John. Don't blow your cover. Great movie. I've yeah I've seen this a couple times now. This well the thing I noticed this time was just like how I mean I noticed it the first time but just I love how it's steeped like in all this early '90s style oh. like not only in the clothes and the music and everything but also like it's got transitions where like a dude walks by on the street and it like the it does like a wipe with the guy where it's mm-hmm. like it's just like that kind of stuff where you're like we're trying stuff out uh, and then people stop doing that kind of shit. Well, I shortly mean, into the '90s, but like it's also coming on the wave of of the sort of the, the new thread of black exploitation that was coming in the early '90s after Boys in the Hood and New Jack City. This yeah, yeah, was yeah. in that this is in that style, and it was that was heavily influenced by music videos and stuff. And so you would have seen a lot more of that. Well, but I mean, I think that Menace to Society and uh, Menace came after this, I believe. But those those are I feel like those are more they're less like um, like. O- over the top, like this is very. This is very. Uh, society is pretty over the top, but it's more. I think it's more quote unquote serious. Yeah, it's it's like a dr- and this one's and this is uh you know a they're cop, both, this is like an undercover both, cop drama yeah. that like gets they're pretty ridiculous. And, as but it's all still fun. but it still very much talks about. It's still just as political as any of those other movies. I'm oh, not saying it's not about stuff. I just think it's it's like <laughs> oh it is man it's great <laughs> it's wild and a lot like New Jack City it is uh it's like we're gonna give you some of this fun like language and violence and, mm-hmm. and drug talk and all that. And then we're yeah, going to hit, we're gonna hit you with the messages. Yeah. Like real hard with the messages. Awesome. Shit is crazy. It's it's amped up in the same way as New Jack City. I guess that would be yeah. the difference I would feel between uh, Boys in the Hood and, and Menace to Society. Menace to Society is, is amped up but in like a different kind of way. But this is more like New Jack City where it's like, it still is like, it's like still like uh, we're, gonna, we're making like this uh, over the top crime drama while also going like, what Matt said, all the stuff Matt's going to yeah. say about it. <laughs> Deep cover begins with. A, I think it's fun. Is why I'm not. I don't want. I'm like trying to it's like. Very. Fun. I don't, it's not like it, it is. It is. It does address that stuff, and it is like it's you know. But it's also like this is a fun on its. Um, mostly, it's just a fun movie, and I also like. I uh, while it is like addressing that stuff, it is. It does have a lot of these somber Lawrence Fishburne, oh, yeah. like uh, like, and I can't believe what I was doing and seeing and stuff, and and it's like part of me is like, yeah, man, and then also I'm like. Eh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, for for a heavily for for a like heavily political black action movie to come at that time in that vein, those those that kind of stuff was new. You didn't see that in those movies a lot. It was more, you know, the the black films that were coming out of the time were like fucking house party yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just I'm just I just do we know. do those ever? I'm oh, not. Those are great. <laughs> They're great. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm just I didn't th- I didn't take it as seriously as you, but it doesn't mean I didn't like it. Directed by Bill Sorry. Duke. No, it's okay. The great Bill Duke. <laughs> I've been watching all of his movies the great this Bill week. Duke, yeah. Bill Duke is the guy from Predator yes, who says, yeah. uh, you're ghosting us, motherfucker. Yeah. You give up position one more time, I'll bleed you. Real, Real quiet. quiet. Here, here. Got that. Fucking great. True great, legend. Great actor. He, he also directed, uh, he also directed uh, a movie I watched yesterday for the first time called A Rage in Harlem, which is based on a Chester Himes. Oh, novel. yeah. Forrest Whitaker. 
awesome movie. God, it was so good. Robin Givens. Yeah, he did a really good movie called Hoodlum, which I thought was pretty fun. He did Hoodlum. Yeah, he did wow. Hoodlum. Wow, which is watch like these movies. a big epic like black crime movie. It's so good. That's fucking amazing. Yeah. Did he get? Did he keep directing, or is did he? Just He's still directing, but he never did anything that blew up like those movies did. Like in the '90s, he was he was more prominent. Now, not so much. He's done a lot of TV things like that. He's still acting. He was in that new Soderbergh movie, High Flying Bird. He's got a really good role in that. He's in Menace to Society. Yeah, you he's know, in a ton of cool. shit. He's in Commando. He's, he's in he, the Limey. Yep, he's in the Limey. He's great That's in the right. Limey. Bill Duke, what a career. Yeah, he's fucking rad. <laughs> Pretty amazing. And he opens this movie the only way that you can with a weird <laughs> slow motion shot of a guy smoking, smoking crack. Give you night. like there's this music in the background. It's a shot that actually comes crack back later on. It's all on. step framed in slow motion. Step framed. It's a shot that in when it's in going at its regular speed lasts about two seconds. Yeah. And he stretches it out for the entire opening credits. It's it's really weird and crazy. <laughs> and I loved it. Yeah. And it's just like the sort of thing where you're like, oh, <laughs> It just starts out and yeah, it's yeah. like this herky jerky guy smoking crack. You're like, here we go. Yeah, it I doesn't end. And then, and then it, the next, and then the next scene is like the uh, his origin story. That's yeah. right. So, yeah, and, that, and that's also like where it's Glenn already, Terman is his dad. Yeah, it's already like the the first the first thing is like a slow mo of a guy smoking crack, and then a guy robbing a liquor store on Christmas Eve. Cleveland, Christmas, 1972. And getting blown away while a, a leering drunk Santa yells at the kid. Yeah. And so you're like, all right, yeah. I mean, I'm, the movie's already, like, it's got, it's got, if it doesn't have you then, then it's not going yeah, to. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> opening. I mean, this is a story of, like, how his father was a was a junkie and a drunk and yeah, yeah. robbed a liquor store on Christmas Eve, got himself killed right in front of his, right in front of his boy. It's a perfect, like, like combination. It's like, to tells you exactly the kind of movie it is because it's Lawrence Fishburne's kind of poetic uh, intonations because he has this voiceover and he's, So gather around as I run it down and unravel my pedigree. <laughs> my father was a junkie. And then it's his dad, him and his dad in a car, and his dad's like, Don't be like me ever, Lawrence, little Lawrence Fishburne. Now I'm going to go rob this liquor store. <laughs> and he just, it's a very sloppy robbery. <laughs> and he, I think he shoots a guy. And then, and then Santa Claus is like, Hey, don't do that yeah this drunk santa's outside <laughs> his dad says get down you red devil don't be teaching my boy that fairy devil red elf shit and then gets blown <laughs> away with a shotgun <laughs> this is all in the first like one minute of the movie blood splatters on the window all over as the place sons. and then the next scene the next scene after this is that is that the uh, charles martin oh Smith? And, yes. and importantly he, and just, he, he gives his son these three five dollar bills covered in uh, covered blood. in blood they right. come back continuously and he's like movie. that's when i decided i was never gonna Yes. Yeah, yeah, be that way. I was he never keeps gonna those go that, bills as reminders path. of his origins. And then the next scene is really important and really kind of shocking and crazy scene <laughs> is him being <laughs> his him now he's a police officer and he's being interviewed to go uh to go undercover. Well, it's not him first. It's a different black. It's, uh, it's three officer. or four other guys. Three, three, three of them before him, and it's Charles Martin Smith asking them. He asks them this goes, amazing oh. question. Yeah, go on. Which is, do you know the diff or what's the difference between a black man and an N word? But and he says the word, of and course. he's gauging their he's gauging their responses, and uh, and like one of them gets mad and like tries to you know like throttle him. Yeah, yeah. What does he? What does the second guy do? I think they both kind of get mad or, or everybody like confused uh, in one way or another. They're like it's upsetting to them. It's yes. upsetting to them, and and it's obviously upsetting to Fishburne too. But he sits down and he goes like, "Well, uh, the second one is the one that would even answer that question." Yeah. Yes. And, and Charles goes, Martin and Smith goes, smiles he like goes, that's my guy. Yeah. So he's so he's now he's like in the DEA, and like this deep under. He's this, gonna be he's gonna be contracted out to the yeah. DEA from the police department to go undercover to go under 
deep cover, I would yeah. say. Oh boy, he gets so deep in it's cover. A, it's important to point out that that already like the basically the first thing that's happened in the story of the movie is that uh he's been he's been forced to be humiliated to serve the law. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Charles Martin Smith's a real scumbag. This is one of those this is one of those things where it's just bad guys in all directions. Like the the movie's yeah. the movie's political ideology such as it is other other than these weird Christian overtones that uh, come up a lot are it's all fucked. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really offer any solutions or anything. No. And it, it and it and it isn't necessarily that. anti-drug enforcement. It's kind of like we this drug is the scourge and it's destroying everything, but also the way that we're handling it is fucked too. Yeah. And it's just fucked. It's it's, al- it's, it's also, also the, yeah. It's a little bit like the wire in that this it's a stand-in for the larger economy and that the, the stratification of 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 that economy and people who have been who have been uh pushed out of it Mm -hmm. you know so fishburn's character is this righteous cop who goes undercover and does this stuff and it's he's an analog and you gotta remember the political the politics at the time would have said that this guy is an analog for a community complicit in its own sort of oppression Mm -hmm. by being a part a willing part of the drug trade a trade you know and that's a job that they could get because the that was the economy that was open to african-americans um and so their stratification is there. But then above the guys that he's trying to bust, they talk like the drug dealers talk about how the CIA is eating into their market. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So there's like this uh, this this sort of like hierarchy of bad guys yeah, and the CIA, going all the way up to the federal government. CIA and it all ends up being like to the guy that who's at the top of this so-called pyramid that Fishburne's trying to bust. He plays golf with George Bush. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, nobody wants him to be busted, but even though he's like the main drug dealer. So it's all this kind of complicity and stuff. Uh, but uh, Fishburne doesn't know that he has to learn this lesson yeah. over the course of the movie. He thinks that he's, you know, fighting the poisoners, right? And he's willing to do what it takes. He, he kind of doesn't want to do it, but is pretty easily convinced to do it by Charles Martin Smith. Yeah. Charles Martin Smith's kind of like, I looked at your psych report, and uh, you're a fucking psycho, man. And yeah, uh, let's like, turn your strengths, your weaknesses, hates, into strengths. Yeah, he hates authority. Like he questions, he's you know, he constantly breaking the rules and stuff like that. And he's like, all of the things that are keeping you from advancing in our police department are going to make you as a hero, a success as a drug dealer. Yes. And as well, another cover. Yeah. And he wants to like, that's he's he has a goal to like stop these guys. Yeah. And that's, of course, you know, the futile gesture. Right. It's, it's, you know, there's always, there's going to be somebody else. Right. Power just moves up the chain. There's always going to be somebody to take over. Yeah, there's yeah. always a bigger fish. Yeah. As we learned from uh, the Phantom Menace. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so uh, Lawrence Fishburne, you know, he's got to work his way up. Uh, he's got to meet the the. He's working his way up the pyramid, and he first meets the kind of like low level street guy, mm-hmm. and then he works his way up to a guy who looks like Groucho Marx, and then to another <laughs> yep. guy, and then there's the guy who plays golf with George W. Bush, and that's his mission. So he's out there on the street, and uh, well, the first guy he meets is I can't remember the actor's name, but he's like in a ton name, of Spike his Lee name movies. Is hard, I have it here. It's hard to remember. It's a it's a weird name, but you'd abs- everybody would recognize him. He's in all the Spike Lee yeah, movies. Uh, he had a one man show called uh, Huey. He's a really Newton good story. actor. He's really good. This oh, it's Roger. Stuff. It's Roger Guinevere Smith. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, and he's really funny. He's he's like uh, Lawrence Fishburne is is basically like 
He's, he's uh, friendly and uh, yeah. and crazy, and I knew that he wasn't going to last more than a second or something like that. He basically <laughs> uh, spots this guy as an opportunity to use him to wor- worm his way into the organization. Right. Yeah. And He'll, he meets so he meets the he meets Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. through him. Yeah. And he's introduced playing. A, well, he's not introduced, but like one of the first things that he says is he's playing pool with Jeff Goldblum, and he's telling a joke. And you know, I like to repeat the jokes from movies. And <laughs> oh here. yeah, this is his joke. So the young lady is on trial for prostitution. The judge says, "You're very attractive." You look like you might have Indian heritage. Are you a Navajo? And she said, no, your honor. I'm a Chicago ho. And Jeff Goldblum goes, give me another beer. Not amused at all. And then he like he's he's at the bar and uh, and Lawrence Fishburne's at the bar with them and this is how they meet and he's he uh, very friendly. This is, he's like, hey, how's it going? And then and then he says, my name is John. And then he and this in one of the many weird poems that people say throughout this yeah. entire movie goes, I once knew a brother named John who loved to dance when he got it on. He made the pussy do the watusi. And she which said, he, oh goddamn, this rhythm is strong. He says watusi too. He like makes it rhyme. It's yeah, very weird. <laughs> So nice to meet you. That's that's how we met, and they uh, they become buddies. Yeah, and I mean, like this movie moves oh, very we, fast. We forgot to mention that Fishburne's character has never had a drink or done any drugs before. Yes, right. I won't do it. Yeah, I won't do it. This is part of my core. And boy, does what is he uh, all of, all of his vows to himself get upended in the boy? In this movie. It's almost like he, it's almost like he's in a movie or something. He goes <laughs> he goes too deep. It's all, it's I would say like too deep. His he cover goes, he goes way deep, deep, deep. Deep undercover. He too, goes too deep. He goes deep, but also uh, Goldblum's character starting out is like you know he's a lawyer right for like mm-hmm. these drug dealers and helps like uh, traffic their their drugs and their money and stuff. And he's he you know at the beginning is like oh he's got a normal family life, and by the end he's like he's, God, he's got like maniac. a black he's got like a black leather trench coat and his hair is slicked <laughs> back. And he's like come on fuck it we're gonna kill everybody we're, we're gonna, gonna kill, kill everybody. everybody. He like he's like he, he's become he's, this. he's become a very very bad guy. He's become a cartoonish bad guy. It's great. I like his his transition. He's already Jeff Goldblum the whole time. Yeah. So he's already like doing his Goldblum thing, right. but it's really fun to watch him Like by the end go like, man, he became a villain. It's like, really he's a, funny he's how a... fast he goes from being like, I'm just a, <laughs> uh, 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 I'm just a lawyer here Look, and I'm I, trying to make a little uh, money uh, on the side to like, let's kill all these I'm... motherfuckers! <laughs> it's so good. I'm, yeah, he's like just a straight up villain at the end. His I love <laughs> the scene where, because uh, where, Roger Gordon Smith gets arrested and then like Goldblum's bosses who are like one up the chain from the cartel come to see him at home and they're like, dude, he got arrested. Uh, you know, he. What if he talks? We might have to whack him. And they're just talking out in the open. And like, uh, Goldblum's like at his front door, yeah. and his wife comes over, and she's like, "Honey, what's going on?" He's like, "What the fuck are you doing here? Go back in the house." <laughs> he just starts yelling at his wife. It's really funny. His wife walks up like right when he's saying, "Like, if we have to kill, if him, we have we'll to whack him. We'll whack him. him. I don't him. give a fuck. What the fuck are you doing here? Go back inside." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so awesome. <laughs> and this is the scene where we're introduced to Jeff Goldblum's boss, who's uh. Groucho Marx. Groucho Marx. Who he looks and talks like Groucho Marx. Who's the guy? The guy. He's like he's like it's a like toady goose. named Gopher. He's a toady named Gopher who you would rec- probably recognize. He was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. And he always plays guys who were like Felix. No. Felix. That's the like, guy's name. His name he said, that's a line from this movie, yeah. which sounds like a Marx Brothers. Like Felix. Felix Marx. Don't. But that's what he's. He, he, that <laughs> his is name's, that is, his name's Sidney Lassick. That's exactly what he that's sounds like. That's the actor's like. name. Yeah, he's yeah. in Carrie. Yeah, he's in he's tons, in tons of, shit. of. Oh yeah, he's like the principal. But he always he always plays the same character. He's always like, oh, no! I believe in Carrie, he doesn't have much dialogue except for when he's dying at the end. Oh, no, I'm dying! (laughs) 
But he, he, I've been carried. He's honestly my favorite detail in the whole movie because like but he this, goes through the whole. This, he makes it all the way through. Oh yeah. sure, I love it's it. This bloodthirsty gangster named Felix who beats people to death with pool cues, and his buddy, the Gopher, is he's. <laughs> It's just this little nebuchadnezzar. It's Paul Schrader. It's Paul Schrader. Yeah. Hey, what do you think? What do you think, Paul? This guy who he loves. No, that's Paul Schaefer. Paul Schrader. I'm talking about Paul Schrader. He oh. Looks, he looks like a, he looks, oh, he like, looks like he looks like an a, even worse Paul Schrader. He does look like a, yeah, I thought it's, you were saying he's like Paul Schaefer. It's so wonderful. I wish he was like and Paul And their relationship <laughs> is adorable, too. Yeah. Because uh, he'll always be like, maybe, like, uh, maybe it's like Dom DeLuise and Burt Reynolds. It's like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's just exactly. always laughing at jokes, like pissing his pants and like taking pies in the face from this guy. Yeah. He's, he's kind of like, he's like, oh, this guy should shouldn't kill this guy, but I don't think he, I don't know, I'm I'm not gonna. He's you know. not. A, he gets really upset when Felix like goes gets over the top when because Fe- Felix hates uh, everyone. Jeff Goldblum in particular. Yeah, and uh, they, 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 he's always trying to cuck Jeff Goldblum the entire constantly movie. from the from the get go, and yeah. just gets worse. Well, and how worse. does that work out for him? And <laughs> everyone t- and everyone doesn't like that he's doing this, especially yeah. Jeff Goldblum. But but Gopher is always like Felix, please <laughs> leave him alone, Felix. No. <laughs> And he'll be like, well, shut up, Gopher. I'm trying to talk this out. Uh, see the magic word? $100. You know, like sort of thing. It's super weird. He do a, they do the, the slap game with the, uh, the slap slap game game. With, the, with the hands. And this and is where you get all the best uh, Jeff Goldblum stuff because Goldblum does this thing when he gets mad. Is it when he, he hits the table? He, oh, there, there's that because he does this in a, like a lot of movies. When Goblin gets mad, he's like he's still talking at his normal cadence and like level he of speech. He starts slamming he's a table. Like, uh, it's uh, it's bang, it's bang, <laughs> like yes. that. He like uh, most uh, famously in so Jurassic mad. Park. Yeah, he does it all the time. He's always banging on the table. It's so good. He does bang a table, but he also <laughs> does this thing where he, like where he's trying to like maybe hold it in before table banging time, and he just opens his mouth. He's just like, uh, I can't believe how mad I am right now. Yeah. I am so shocked. I mean, he's and horrified. He's, at what you've and said his to cardigans me. too are really good. Oh, he has some great yeah. sweaters in Looks this movie. Great. He becomes a he becomes a villain because of reasons. Like the movie shows his transition. It's right. because he's he is pushed he is pushed that way by by all these other people humiliating sure. him and underestimating him. And that's why mostly the, just, that's why mostly the, just Felix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Just just him. But uh, <laughs> but you know, the, it, it pisses him off so much. Well, he's then. So he, mad. <laughs> He gets his revenge. He sure does. <laughs> In a it's glorious great. way. Yeah. This is fun shit. Uh, before before we get to all that, we do have to talk about Lawrence Fishburne. Of course, since he's undercover, has to live the whole life. Yes. So he's living in a like a dingy. Uh, first, he's living in a dingy like at, tenement at first, building because he's working his way up. Yeah. And it's like this- one phone in the hallway kind of place, <laughs> which is important because there's a great scene that takes place at that telephone. That's right. <laughs> in this dingy two thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Well, in this dingy hallway, there is a. Uh, what, I don't know, what, what, is there any? Well, what's the tasteful well, way to put it? Isn't there a scene at the beginning, like when he gets the apartment, the landlady is like showing him the place, and then you see the woman in the background, and she's like, "Don't listen to her." You yes. know, he like yells. She like yells about how there's like this annoying woman who lives the across the with, hall. The lady with the adorable kid. Across and how the hall. could you listen she's to this, got this woman? Cute, she's got this cute kid, and Lawrence Fishburne kind of like thinks the kid is just like you know adorable, and like well, he's worried for him. He's like you know his mom's probably his, a junkie. His mom is definitely a. Junkie. It's a classic. Right. Movie. Well, he doesn't know that yet, but well, he's I mean, pretty it's sure. A, yeah. Classic movie thing where the mom is like a hardcore junkie. I think she's introduced with like a torn shirt. She just looks like mm-hmm. she looks like she woke up in a gutter, and then the kid is the cutest, yeah, most wonderful, right. walking o- around o- in his bare feet all the time. And then I love you, Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> and the, I love one my, day, my one day, crack whore mommy. One day he's, he's taking a phone call at the low, at the payphone in the hallway, uh, and the lady comes up to him. 
What well, does she say? I think she says, she says like a million things and she's yelling all the, of them. Okay, first of great. all, she's just sort of like, can you get me some money for my kid? And then he like, Lawrence Fishburne picks up the kid and like goes, go, I want you to go. Ha- what did you have for breakfast this, this morning? And he's like, jelly beans or something like that. <laughs> and he's like, all right, I want you to go down to the restaurant, get yourself some burrito, a burrito and some beans. And the kid goes and he's like, you know, it's not for me to say, but I think you should t- <laughs> Take better care of your and this kid. is the best scene. You know what? This is the best scene in the movie and possibly the best scene in all of movies <laughs> in the history of film because oh, the, the way because it, I think you should take you should take better care of your kid. That's it. He's not even like he just says it real quietly like everything that he says in this movie. It like really this scene really and, build, has like a build to it. Cuz it starts off woman, like it starts off like go get some tacos and you're like sure and then and then by the end you're like what the fuck but she just this is like a switch is flipped yeah and this and I, and I, I i'm going to post a post this on instagram obviously cuz it's one of the funniest things i've ever seen uh it's not i wouldn't say the i wouldn't say it's a realistic or modulated <laughs> or good performance it is just but it is full on it is like she is giving 150% in this and she goes don't you fucking tell me how to take care of my fucking kid I take damn good care of my kid. My kid is clean. <laughs> Look, I'm clean too, right? I'm tested. I'm HIV negative. I'm just laying that out there. But um, it's very hard raising a kid, Mr. Hall. So you know that? It's not an easy fucking thing, all right? You dig what I'm saying? I know you like my kid, right? I could tell you liked him, right? He needs a male role model, right? Maybe you would like to take care of him. You could have him for three thousand dollars. <laughs> and he, meanwhile, he's on the. He's trying to make a phone call. Yeah, he's trying to make a phone he's call. He's trying to, and he's like, he's kind of like, he's a bit like going like, look, you need to take care of better care of your kid. Also, like, I, I need to, this is an important phone call. I'm an undercover cop. Yeah. And but he's then, like, no, three thousand dollars. He's three thousand dollars, and then she like, goes, how about, she goes 2, how about two thousand? And then he's leaving, and she's like. She's like, maybe I, you could be my man. Hey, hey! <laughs> like yelling. What do you think? Just, it's too good for me? It's fucking wild. Yeah. I don't think I don't think it's supposed to be funny. But what the fuck do I know? But <laughs> I mean, because a lot of this stuff in this movie is supposed to be funny, so you just never can tell. It's all over the place. It's it's just wild, and the it's, whole movie's coming at you like. Yeah, it's. I think it's one of those scenes that's like clearly supposed to be like this is you know that's about what the movie's about is like it's infecting this 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 neighborhood and these neighbors but it's also it's also like her, her performance is like turn, yeah it's turned so I mean, far turned so far up that you're like yeah i don't know it's i think it's to trying do. to be pulpy and operatic yes. i mean i think that's exactly it what it's sure, trying to do it sure is and i can't also can't speaking of just pulpy this is the pulpiest fucking movie in it's history it is it. like the language in this movie oh my god I mean, we were talked about that opening scene, like the Charles Martin Smith is introduced, just dropping n words over and over again. Uh, and we we talked in the last episode about a movie called The Chamber that had uh-huh. lots of this stuff, though, and none of us were cared for that very much. And it's not like I like it in this movie, but it just fits it serves better. a much better well, purpose in this ser- movie. It serves it well. Yes, serves it serves it serves. Uh, yeah, like there's a reason. There's there's more of a reason for it, but aside from like. Th- constantly being like showing this that this character is like a extreme racist yes. which was all the chamber was was just like listen right. to what this guy's saying he's in saying this, case, this stuff a it's, lot it's doing this a similar thing but it's about what kind of a racist this guy is exactly well and this guy is yeah exactly and what and this is about like and, it, and it's not just him it's like everybody's it's dropping n-bombs yeah. everybody's dropping f-bombs uh every every conceivable kind of epithet for every conceivable race yep. happens in this movie over and over and over again and then the sex talk gets really gross too there's a t- there's a scene where there's a recurring gag where Lawrence Fishburne and Jeff Goldblum because they're buddies they become buddies eventually 
through pretty business much partners. Through pretty much business partners, but also like friends. Yeah. And they have this relationship where Jeff Goldblum is constantly going, "What's the uh, 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 freakiest thing you, that you've ever done sexually?" And uh, and. <laughs> And he's like, at one point, you ever have, uh, you ever have the uh, brown shower? You ever have the, you ever have the brown shower? And Lawrence Fishburne's like, uh, no, 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 br- no brown shower. Or, uh, what about you? Uh, me, no, no, no brown shower. But uh, you know, uh, when a woman climaxes, sometimes there's a, a discharge that uh, comes out in a copious amount. And he's, you're just like, good fucking god, it's amazing. It's just con- this movie is just disgusting it's the just entire guy, way it's through. Guy talk. <laughs> If you want to hear, just good, that's just good old fashioned dude talk. Jeff Goldblum talking about squirting. This is the movie. <laughs> this has got to be the only movie. Oh, there's that part in Jurassic Park too. I forgot about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that movie is uh, basically uh, a metaphor for squirting. <laughs> is Jurassic Park too? There's that scene where he's explaining chaos theory to Laura Dern. Yeah. yeah now here I am by uh, myself uh, talking to myself. Fluid uh, comes out in copious amounts. Copious that's chaos theory. Chaos. It's chaos theory. Let's see if the, look at this. Dis, let's put this discharge on the top of your hand here. You don't know what direction it's going to go. It's going to roll out. Uh, 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 uh. You thought it was going to roll that way, but um, yeah. I mean, the plot of this movie is pretty simple. It's just uh, always on the lookout for the uh, future, future ex Malcolm, Malcolm that might be into the brown shower. The brown shower. The brown shower. I haven't found one yet, uh, but uh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, the plot of this movie is just that he gets in deeper and deeper, and he, of course, you know, becomes a street dealer. He has, then he's then he's dealing the, you know, he's doing the, he's essentially becoming. He's like, what does he say? There's a part where he goes like, he's like, instead of a cop become, pretending to be a drug dealer, I I was a drug dealer pretending to be to a cop. To be a so cop, then it was so now it was time to stop pretending. Well, yeah. you know, he gets he gets in. You know, we keep saying this. He keeps getting deeper and I mean, deeper, but really he really does. We can't help but say it. It is the title of the movie, right. but it is literally what, uh, what that he keeps gets. But he, eventually, like, you know, there he starts to make a lot of money as a drug dealer, and he goes to Charles Martin Smith. He's like, what do I do? And the guy's like, spend the money. Act like a drug dealer. Have fun. So he's basically, like, living the role to its fullest extent, and then eventually he's got to kill somebody. And then he, Charles Martin Smith is like, well, I guess you had to kill the guy. And he becomes more and more disillusioned because he's getting further and further away from his from his from his value system. Because his because originally he's like I'm a cop and yeah. I'm going to stop crime, and now he's like now I'm just killing other drug dealers <laughs> and I'm a dr- I'm just a drug dealer. And then he gets to a point where he's like I'm just going to start doing some of these drugs. Yeah, fuck yeah. it. Then he's got to do because the drugs. like because he like realizes that the thing that he thought that he was doing it for was all bullshit yeah. anyways. Uh, but there is a, a absolutely wonderful scene. This is when he kills his first the mm-hmm. first person that he kills. And uh, and there's no real reason. Uh, Charles Martin Smith later on is like, I don't give a fuck, you know. Like, yeah. it's, it's all it's all pretty scummy and dirty. But it's this this guy in the bathroom, and the movie being the way it is, it, it's gonna be the, the most repulsive, disgusting human being that he kills. So you're kind of like, eh, fine, whatever. That guy already blew. He blew someone away that was sitting in a car. That's with, right. with him. He like did a, They did a drive by on Fishburne, and he like didn't get shot, but the girl with him did. And so my he, favorite, you already, you already want to kill this guy who, who, all, who also like killed, murdered another drug dealer yeah. at the very beginning of the movie, I believe. I like when he has the altercation with the guy with the shooter, and the guy's like, he like he threatens him, and they back off each other, and the guy's like, I'll be back. You see that movie? You can rent it at your local video store. <laughs> but also, earlier on, he kills a person and goes, hasta la vista, motherfucker. So that guy makes two <laughs> he just likes, references. He likes Arnold. I wish and then another movie, guy. another movie he reference he makes before the movie was even made, when he blows away Lawrence Fishburne's the person in, in the car with Lawrence Fishburne, mm-hmm. he goes, Wild Wild West, motherfucker. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I but wish anyways, that there had been a scene of this guy renting movies. <laughs> like, he's just going like, hmm. He's, or he's at home watching, he's watching movies and he's writing down lines and then it's him in the mirror memorizing these lines. This is going to be good. This is a good one. You know, cool they had to cut, they had, 
they had to cut that scene. Chill out. Blow off some steam, <laughs> Bennett. Uh, but they, but this guy, so he kills him in the bathroom. But but before that happens, he obviously has to be provoked because like it shows him behind him, and then he's obviously hesitating because he's you know still part of his old life in him. And the guy's like, "Oh, you shouldn't have let me turn around, motherfucker! Ah, fuck you, you little bitch!" And then he starts peeing on him because yep. <laughs> he's at the urinal. And it's just it's one of these great movies. Like this does happen turn up a lot in like pulpy movies where a guy's like, "I'm gonna piss on you," and seconds later, a stream of urine, like not even seconds, a split second later, a full stream of urine is hitting them and you're like ah, wow you save that shit up <laughs> that was just way how do you do right it? on access <laughs> yeah. and he gets a lot of pee on Lawrence Fishburne's legs yeah before in Lawrence Fishburne's just kind of watching the pee collect on him and then he looks up and blows him away I'm like the if I was if that was gonna happen to me I would it would like it would be a second I feel I'm, like you should have a, a gun on a, you if you're gonna piss on somebody so because <laughs> I mean but I feel like these guys are like I've or like strong pissers because I'm like a bit I'm like a bit I'm a bit shy you know like do if, go on like, you know you go to the urinal That's and there's someone else hear. there this you're is like, what I this is what I'm doing the podcast <laughs> let's for, hear right? more about Kevin's right? peace well, I'm just I mean I was gonna as, well, how are you guys you know could you could you do that like this guy like my, has my a, this guy has a gun like on about him. as wide as a nickel so this it just kind of this guy can, this guy's coming at him and he goes like mother and he turns he turns around and just starts peeing a full stream on like you said and I'm just like I I couldn't do that I couldn't do that it would be like a trickle and be like hold on a sec. Wait, we just got. You have to wait for it. I've got to piss all over you, and it's gonna. Can you but just, it's can gonna you just be a look minute. away? So, because when you're looking at me, I can't do it. It might. Yeah, if you look, you look away. <laughs> I'm trying to piss like on your feet here. Right, I'm trying to. Pee can I a little, a little. little bit of privacy while I piss on your feet before you blow me away? Just a little. Come on. I'm just saying it might. You know, be like it'd, it'd be it'd be more awkward. So it's just really funny. You know, or it'd have to be like mid full stream and turn and go. Hold on, wait. Yeah, there we go. You know. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it's not so, just gonna come out like a fire hose right off the bat. Well, this guy is probably on uh, a lot of drugs too, so maybe that helps with the. And whole, he's, like, he's also maybe just very confident. He's, he's we, we know he is. So I'm just saying, he you know, it's a different different types of people, but. And maybe he saw somebody do that in a movie too. So uh, who knows? <laughs> he wrote it, we we missed the scene where this guy went to <laughs> rented all these videos and was like, "I got to do this sometime too." He was emulating that Huey Lewis scene from uh, Shortcuts. <laughs> <laughs> What's the movie? What's the movie where the guy uh, finds a dead body in his hotel room and pees on it? Uh, uh, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Yes, that's yeah. what I was thinking of. It's like you pissed on the you body. On the See, body? Oh, wait, 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 wait. He's like, no, no, no waiting. You don't yeah, get yeah. to go. I get to go. That's that's like that's like, and that that scene to me is like he's already yeah, okay. peeing. He's already he over, he's already yeah. peeing, and he goes ah, and then he stops. Yeah. When he start realizes he's peeing on a dead body, whereas <laughs> this guy is the opposite kind of guy who's like not peeing, and then goes like hold on a sec, and he just full stream pees on this guy's shoes, and goes like you that's know what? what kind of pee I got going on. <laughs> even even more to that effect, this guy just finished peeing. He's at, he's at the urinal, finished peeing, and turns around, and then just accesses a whole <laughs> nother, a whole reload of his piss stream. What is going this on guy with this guy's bladder? Incredible! That's amazing. It's, that's the shame. This that's one of the, the best, science. This is one of the best digressions we've ever. The had. thing that's sad about it, the thing that's saddest thing about it too, is that it's like <laughs> this guy's like thing? some kind of this guy's some kind of medical miracle, and he gets shot like seconds later. <laughs> he's a medical miracle. Like you're like you're honestly, like, what is going on with this guy and his multiple bladders? And then Lawrence Fishburne's like, I don't care, and shoots him, and you're like, God. Damn it! This guy. There's a whole movie about this guy. Uh, I mean, he probably donated his body to science. It's, it's fine. We still learn from it. If the, if the military industrial complex confused <laughs> this guy, confused this guy with Matt's dog, oh we'll never God. lose a war again. Jesus, <laughs> Con- <laughs> it's an unstoppable peeing machine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. We'll piss all over our enemies. Wow, <laughs> four grown women to restrain her. <laughs> so. 
Uh, so Lawrence Fishburne has killed, and he's not crazy about that. He's not killed. He killed. He has killed. killed. Yes, he's killed his first. I think you said he is killed, and I'm like, wait, what? Charles Martin Smith doesn't give a shit, and then Lawrence Fishburne's kind of going like, actually took Charles Martin Smith at his word, and is like, I got to take down these guys, and then Charles Martin Smith, because he's you know corrupt and Mm -hmm. compromised, because everything's fucked, is like, whoa, 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 we're not actually trying to do that, right? And they're Fishburne. just trying to they're just trying to get the Colombians into a compromised position by get because it's like the nephew of the president of Colombia is like part of the part of the guy they're trying to the guy they're we're really gonna going to run after. we're gonna run him as president yeah exactly yeah Charles Martin Smith's autobiography is called I don't give a shit by the way is that true no <laughs> oh Jesus I don't know that'd be awesome I don't give a shit I was in Starman I don't give a shit I was, I in, was Starman. in Starman I was Bob Balaban in Starman <laughs> Toad. Uh, and, uh, so, like, what, what, ha- there's a, there's a scene where he's, like, supposed to not interfere with a, with a, what, a bust that's happening mm-hmm. with Groucho Marx yeah, with and, Felix. uh, and Felix. Which is also already compromised because, right, or no, they, Clarence Williams III has been tailing him the whole time. He's, he took him in and interrogated him for a bit, but his, but Clarence Williams III's partner is, like, is, like, sh- is, like, a bad cop. Yes. Who's, like, in with the drug dealers, and so they're, like... It's, so it's like they're going to catch him or something? I don't know. Anyway, Lawrence Fishburne's not supposed to be there, but he's like, motherfucker, I'm going to be there. Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Clarence Williams' third's co- uh, partner's a dirty cop. Yes. And it turns into the big limo chase. Turns into a great limo Turns into a limo, awesome chase. limo chase. And this is when uh, when Goldblum really flips a switch, and he's just like driving around, and he's trying to kick Felix out of the car. He's like, get the fuck out of the car, Felix. And Felix is like, I'm going to fucking kill you. And the cops are chasing him the whole time. And the time. cops are chasing him the whole time. Everyone's screaming. Lawrence Fishburne's going, ah, stop it. He's driving Stop it, Jeff Goldblum. He's driving. Knock it off. And he's like, fuck you. And at one point, Jeff Goldblum even like points the gun at Lawrence Fishburne, too. He's like completely unhinged. He shoots There's Felix. a lady who's in the car. There's a Love interest in this movie, she's in it. It's kind of yeah. Love it. interest is kind of pretty tossed off. The art, the art gallery owner. She's yeah. just she's oh, this just, is this is she's the, just there in the movie. It's pretty. It's fairly. I don't know. It seems it's fairly half-assed. This is I the actual like, line the that Jeff Goldblum is shouting in the in the car when things are all tense. Shut up or you'll die. You'll both die. Everybody will die. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But he shoots Felix in the hand because it was like, you know, he'd done the slap game and he'd like humiliated yeah. Jeff Goldblum and fucked up his hands, you know, and he's like, he, he so he's, it's sort of like, this symbolic, but now he's shooting him in the hand and he's like, how does that, how does that feel? He goes, fuck you. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. And he shoots his other shoots hand. hand yeah. <laughs> how does that feel? Fuck you. Felix, I will say, like, Defiant he, to the end. Defiant to the yeah. He's going. He's like getting kicked, literally getting kicked out of the car, and he's like, "You motherfucker, I'm gonna come back and get you." And you're like, "Oh, maybe you, you will, motherfucker. I'm gonna come back and get you. Maybe you will." Unfortunately, and he, he doesn't because he gets kicked out of the car, and then the cops run him over by accident. And it's so it great. Is it's magical. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Like they got a dummy set up, and he, but you can't really tell, and they and the the car just blasts through him. It's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. And right before that happens, like he gets kicked out of the car, and Felix is like, "Fuck you, Jeff Goldblum." And Goldblum goes, "See you soon, David." Or no, he's Felix says, "See you soon, David." And Jeff Goldblum goes, "Yeah, we'll have shrimp." <laughs> it's a pretty cool thing to say before uh, killing a motherfucker. Yeah. And then uh, and then later on, they're all kind of like. Whew, that escalated, and they're sitting yeah. in the car, and Jeff Goldblum goes, this is the greatest night of my life. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and he's talking about how much he enjoyed killing. And he's and he's become, and that's why he's become, he's it's become wild. a villain. Yeah. He's, that's, was his, that's his origin story. He's like, I was uh, just a uh, sort of a sleazebag lawyer before, and now I've decided I uh, I enjoy killing. Interesting contrasts of, of white and black masculinity. Hmm. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Totally opposite of what you would see in a movie made at that time. 
Yeah. Usually the black guys were these like crazy aggressors and the white men were like civilized. You know, Goldblum's arc is, uh, and I think Carlito's Way came after this, if I'm not mistaken, oh, yeah. but is yeah. extremely similar to Sean Penn's arc in uh, Carlito's <laughs> yeah. Way. Right. Where he's like this Jewish lawyer who's like, I'm just the lawyer guy, and then he just gets more and more involved in stuff, and he thinks he can control it, but he can't. Yeah. And he's also got this antagonistic relationship with the major drug kingpin that yeah. ends up being his undoing. It's like yeah. the same exact thing. Right. Although although in this, Goldblum is like, basically would get away with it if his best friend wasn't an undercover cop. Right, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> like, at, the end of the, at the end of the movie, he's like, he's like I I have no problem killing everybody in my way, and I'm gonna. And I'm fine with it. This is fine. Yeah, I just I like his I like I like his the, the change in his look though mm-hmm. too. He just yeah, becomes, he turns he becomes actually like, a, like looks like a villain at the end. Yeah, he's like uh, I've decided to wear uh, all black and slick my hair back. Yeah, I miss like the cardigans. I miss the cardigans. Uh, he's got cardigans at Bring first because he's because he's a bad guy, but he's yeah. a family man who's teaching his daughter math. Yeah, you know he's like still and like, she's bad at math. I love that scene. She can't do math. He he's gets like, really mad. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, uh, uh, what's uh three times five? She's like fifteen. He punches the table. Yeah. God, hey, that's, that's not, I'm gonna go over here. She can't learn. And her, her mom's like, she's like, why can't you just use the calculator? And his mom's like, you can't learn by calculator. And yeah. You're like, geez, yeah, sure you can. Look, this girl's not gonna know math. Just just deal with it. My child is an idiot. <laughs> and uh, so, but before we get to the like thrilling uh, climax where everything's all, we, we need to know that Clarence Williams the third, who's mm-hmm. a perennial uh, suspense is killing us all star, pops this up third, in this third appearance, third or fourth, something like that. This is one of the le- least fun Cl- Clarence Williams because he's actually yeah. a straight man in this. He seems like he's going to be like some sort of crazy religious cop because he's like introduced, he punches Lawrence Fishburne, but then like seconds later, he's like, "I'm sorry for punching you, and if you want to file a complaint, feel free. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's, and he let is, me give you this Bible. He represents like st- very straight Christian across virtue. the board, uh, and and like and like letter letter of the law law enforcement. In yes, this too. And you know, and well, it's and it's a sincere character too. Mm-hmm. Like he is. He's like, Lord, protect me, and Jesus, protect me, and and this and that, and he means it, and then yeah. uh, and he's and he's he thinks he can get through to Lawrence Fishburne, and then there's like a climactic scene at the end. Oh, uh, before the climactic scene happens, there's like one final confrontation between the two when he's trying to get Lawrence Fishburne to uh, uh, cross over to the other side, and he just like makes one final plea, and then Lawrence Fishburne has this poem that I guess he just you know is comes this, up with. I guess he just comes up with these poems. This on is his own. after the the neighbor OD'd. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, this is right after that. Like this is right right towards right, ex, right before the climax. His ex neighbor has OD'd and like. I don't know the where the kid is. Yeah. The kid's fine. Kid's fine. <laughs> kid's still <laughs> adorable. Fine. Yeah. And this is what Lawrence this is what Lawrence Fishburne says in like very soft. She probably found a buyer for that kid. <laughs> well <laughs> three thousand dollars is a good price. Well Lawrence Fishburne he's with her he's she he's with Lawrence Fishburne, Fishburne at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, I don't know if he bought I don't know if he No, he get, bought the kid. He, did he get, if he was like, you know what, in honor of your mom, no, he I'm bought gonna the give kid I'm for three grand. Three thousand dollars? Did he buy the kid from the mom before? <laughs> no, he, she did, he took the two thousand dollars. Oh, okay, okay, but I mean that that'll buy you well more heroin than you can shake a stick at. So she probably just OD'd with the money that he gave her for the kid. That's good to know. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I could shake a stick at a lot of heroin, too. $2,000 worth of heroin is is enough to kill you, for sure. This is good to know. Yeah. Uh, All right, so this is what... Don't do it all at once, is all I'm saying. (laughs) Well, all right. We'll or do, tell me what to or do it. Tell I mean, me what to fucking do yeah, with right. my hair. Well, or you know, do it, it better than me. <laughs> <laughs> my heroin is clean. <laughs> uh, so this is this is what Fishburne says, and he does this sometimes. It's this, this movie is very fun. He goes, "Do you want to know what a sin is? A sin is ending up like that girl." 
where junkies prowl, where the tigers growl in search of that much-needed blow, where winos cringe on a canned heat binge and find their graves in the snow. <laughs> so and, then, and then Clarence Williams says, you and me are one. <laughs> 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 fucking crazy. This movie was written by... Uh... Well, co-written by Michael Tolkien, who wrote the player. Wrote the player. Yeah. Oh, wow! And, uh, and the Rapture. Jeez. And uh, and Henry Bean, who's most most famous probably, probably for that movie, The Believer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Santeria. Uh, no, Ryan oh, Gosling. Oh, sorry. Uh, Neo Nazi. I was thinking movie. of Believers. That's the, oh. yeah. Also good. That's great. <laughs> Martin Sheen Santeria movie. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so uh, the, this is the va- their very last scene where like they're they're with the top. It's, is it the top guy or the second to top guy? It's like so, a. It's like a diplomat from yeah, from Colombia. Yeah, he's Columbia. got diplomatic plates. Well, he's the he's like the son of the of the you know ambassador or something like that. They're, yes. You know, yeah. Yeah. And so they're like they're like doing a drug deal with this guy and yeah. this, and this is this is definitely a guy that the DEA does not want to catch. No, it's some, they're in some CIA shit now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Clarence Williams the third is is like he followed him there and he's like he's gonna break the whole thing up. He's like, come on, stay with me, Jesus, be on my side, Lord. And then he just sort of like doesn't have much of a plan. He just sort of walks in on this deal happening and is like, hey, 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 knock it off, <laughs> knock it off with the drugs. And yeah. then the kind of like diplomatic hot head honcho guys go like, oh, we weren't doing anything. See what ya. drugs? Before that, there's a whole scene where they test the drugs and Goldblum explains it's totally synthetic. You don't have to have right. You don't no, have to have. We, you don't we have forgot to, have, to talk uh, about the he, science. He's, super yeah, science. He's got drugs. this. He's got he this like, super coke that he's that he's inventing that's yeah, yeah. legal because it's not made from regular cocaine exactly. or something like and that. It, and it's and it's breaking the entire chain so that it's like it's going to be cheaper to make. You can sell it for yeah. They for, don't have to import it. Import it. You don't have to. You, know, you have to have farmers or any. You don't have to right. have any of these. There's no it's totally synthetic. It's so yeah. And so they're like great. So it's like super coke. Super coke. Also, I like in this scene how they're like gonna buy. They're gonna buy it, and they're like, "Okay, there's the money," and they lower an entire yeah. van down. <laughs> so much money! And I'd like you don't ever see inside the van, but I like to imagine that the van is just filled to the top with money. It's not like in Lethal Weapon Two when they go in the cargo container and it is filled with money, and yeah. then they shoot a van out of that. It's <laughs> a good scene. Fucking uh, Donald Trump Lotto. Remember he says that when he sees all the money in there. Yeah, blood, millions, money. billions. Fucking Donald Trump Lotto. Put your bloody kids through college. I can send my kids through college. Take it, take it, Rog. He should have taken that money. Take it, Rog. Fuck, it's blood money. Blood money. Uh, anyway, anyway, so it's <laughs> you guys have already those guys have already killed a bunch of people. Yeah, like, what's taking just some take fucking some, money? Just take some the drug money. money. Yeah. yeah, you guys are amoral. Take like the Krugerrands. Just like take the Krugerrands. Like this is the one area you're going to take a moral Christ. stance. Yeah. Give me a fucking break. They murdered your girlfriend and your wife. In a few seconds, he's going to just murder a guy. Yeah, again, it's been revoked. Just, it hasn't. In the next movie, they po- <laughs> in the next that's movie that's just murder, Murta. You just murdered a guy. You're going to go to prison for that. Oh no, you're not. In the next movie, they point a gun in the face of a jaywalker. I mean, the law, look, the law is fungible. Yes. But back to this movie. Uh, so, yeah, so Clarence Williams is like, everybody stop in the name of the Lord. And then... Uh, Jeff, and the law. Jeff, in the, I guess. But uh, Jeff Goldman blows him away. And Lawrence Fishburne's like, oh, well, you should have done that. can't blow him away. And then Jeff no, Goldblum Jeff Goldblum walks up and just shoots him a bunch of times and goes like, come on. He's like, come on, what are you doing? What are, we, what are you doing here? And he's like, why are you holding that cop? <laughs> he's like annoyed by him more than anything. 
He yeah. just casually he casually murders this cop. It's casually great. murders him and like uh, let's go. And then he and then he's like you shouldn't have done that. And and and, he, and Lawrence Fishburne's like I'm a cop. That's why. And and it's pretty funny because Jeff Goldblum's fucked up about it for about a second. Yeah. And he's like ah, you know what I don't give a shit. Let's let's still do it. Who cares? He's like guy? it doesn't matter. You're my partner. You and he goes uh, we've had fun and I know your dick gets hard for money and power and women. Doesn't matter to me. You're a cop. We can still do this. Get in the van. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then uh, Lawrence Fishburne is. Things are very pitched up at this moment, and Lawrence Fishman goes, "You have the right to remain silent." He's oh, so he's back! That's a great scene. Oh, there's a good. There's a good, right before that. There's a great scene where, like, it's it's his full transmi- transformation into bad guy because he casually shoots Clarence Williams the third. He's like dying, and then Goldblum walks over to the corpse and or to the to the dying guy, and he's like, he he's like, "Come on, get out, get out of there! What are you doing? What are you doing?" And, and Fishburne's like. I can't leave him or whatever, and he's like, "This guy, whatever," and he just, and then he, and then he just murders him, just yes. murders him, and he shoots him. He's like, "Come on, let's go!" <laughs> Come on, I love it. <laughs> and this is the final, this is the final confrontation between these two guys, who I think, like, it's some place somewhere, like Lawrence Fishburne really was friends with this guy sure. in some way, and and it's sort of like this is the last moment between the two, and Jeff Goldblum goes, "Ah." Oh. What's the weirdest thing you've ever done? You ever did sexually <laughs> to bring that back? And he's like, nothing seems that weird anymore, man. And I think he ends up blowing Jeff Goldblum away. He shoots him. In a, in a thing that I thought was really funny, he is pitched up. He's like crying, and a lot of shit just went down. And he is feeling it very emotionally. And then there's a wipe, <laughs> like a wipe transition. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. And now, and now we're on Naboo. There's a, there's a great there's a great like. Uh, that's what I'm saying. There's like several times in this movie where it does these like very like video toastery almost like like wipes where it's like, oh, that is uh, that's weird. Okay, uh, there's but the, before when Jeff Goldblum gets shot, there's a great he like looks he like doesn't react or he looks down at the hole and he's like, oh, and he like I think he puts his finger in like the bullet hole even is like we, oh. like he's like he's like fascinated and weirded yeah. out like that. I'm like, why I have been I've been shot. This is uh this is not uh this is not normal. This is uh. That's it's chaos theory. That, that's, that's chaos, chaos. theory. That's chaos for you. Um, yeah, and then it wipes to like the courtroom scene. Well, you got the, the scene where he's meeting with Charles Martin Smith before, who's like basically like, "Hey, do this deal," or this girl that you love, the girl who we've barely mentioned in the movie because the movie kind of doesn't barely cares care. <laughs> She's in a lot of the movie, and they have like a love affair, but it's really just sort of to like. So Lawrence Fishburne has somebody to deliver some of his exposition to. Yeah, you know, and feel guilty, and then also have something to care about i guess sure. i don't know she doesn't seem like much of a character it's also leverage <laughs> it's more leverage than the that the authorities quote-unquote have she, over she's, him yeah but she's the last more thing that he cares about the, that they the, can hold against yeah, him she's more of a a thing in the movie yeah. than she doesn't have a hugely developed character right mm-hmm. she, you know she's a drug addict and they're gonna send her away and like so they're like you gotta play ball or like she's mm-hmm. going to prison and he's like, "Ooh, well, can I have that in writing and stuff?" And yeah, they're, they're like, "Okay, you can't, fine. you can't disparage the CIA or whatever we are. You have to like, and, and particularly thank me. Yeah, thank me." And then he do, he does all of that and doesn't disparage the CIA in this trial setting, but then plays a video of the main head honcho who plays golf with George Bush being a drug guy, and everyone's like, "Why? You can't do this!" And he's like, "I already set the I already set the tape to the media, and yeah. ha I've exposed everything." Him. My favorite yeah. part of that scene, though, is and that then he punches Charles Martin Smith at the start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My favorite, my favorite part of the scene is that Gopher 
<laughs> who was the who was Felix's like dude is like with now just with Lawrence Fishburne yeah, he's and he's like up. he's like hey bring me the tape and he's like okay and you're like that guy's on your team now he's no. like oh you don't care yeah yeah whatever <laughs> he's Lawrence, a gopher no I'll go with I'll go with whoever the guy's a survivor man <laughs> he really is what is he what's the line he says what's Charles Martin Smith say to him at the end is it the line from the beginning he's like he sa- he says the line the same line back to him yeah. before he punches him in the gut and I can't he remember. He says what. that same line about what's the difference between a black person and an N word. It's the same exact line, yeah. but uh, he, maybe it means something different at the yeah. at the other end of the thing. Also, just fuck you. Yeah, and exactly. He punches, he punches, punches him in the Charles gut. Martin Smith in the gut and uh, and he wins. And then he's at the uh, graves uh, of the crack uh, the crackhead lady and he puts the bloody bills. Yeah. And then he's just sort of like the whole system's fucked. And if I did this with the money, then that would be bad. If I did this other thing with the money, then that would be bad. What would would you do? Yeah. yeah, and it's kind of ends like an educational film or something. And like I was that. like, I was like, I guess keep the money. I'd give the money. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Pretty I mean, easy. I know I watched this whole movie and maybe I haven't learned a lesson, but I would keep that money. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't even think about it. Like, yeah, like uh, I get it. The system's broken and everything. Also, keep the. Money. But now you can have money, <laughs> and the system. The system's going to be broken either way. I mean. And the system runs on money, so keep just keep the money. Keep the money. Yeah. Huh. That's it. That's it. It's a deep cover. Great movie, masterpiece. One of my favorites from the time. Uh, I did have, uh, I mean, this movie is nothing but uh, fantastic lines, but I did want to talk about this uh, speech where Charles Martin Smith uh, reminds Lawrence Fishburne of why he's in it, and because the movie, uh, I can't stress enough, is not not necessarily anti-drug war, but just maybe the way that it's being fought. Maybe the movie's even saying that the drug war is not being fought strongly enough. I mean, no, it is absolutely not saying that thing. You don't think so? 100% no. Because I feel like it's going like if we could really just bring down these dealers, no, but, but no, we're all compromised. No, 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 no. Right, what do you think that no, it's the saying? Movie, the, movie is about, the movie is about like here is what government policy enacted is doing to poor and minority communities. That's what it's about. Mm. It's not about the, – the drug war is totally futile. It's not about like drugs being a scourge necessarily, although it's saying that drugs are terrible, but it's also saying that the government is the one – that is pushing the drugs in order to destroy and undermine minority and poor communities. Mm. That's what it's about. Well, uh, this is the speech that uh, Charles Martin Smith makes uh, when he's trying to remind Lauren Fish- Lawrence Fish because he's like, why am I even doing this anymore? Because it seems like I just killed a guy and you don't even care about that. And, right. And this is Charles Martin Smith talks about crack babies and about what happens when a crack baby's born and he says uh, and he's, he says that uh, he basically describes crack babies as essentially being like urukai that uh, come out and are just complete <laughs> monsters and can't adjust to society and he says that they're faced with the prospect of going through this hideous miserable life completely alone there are millions of these babies John there's a whole generation of your people who are being destroyed before they're even born Jesus Christ it's a fucking incredible speech Keywords. Fishburne, Key term there, your people. Fishburne has a line that's really important that talks about why we're even listening to Charles Martin Smith give him a lecture on crack babies. And he says, I wrote this down, the same people that taught us virtue are the very ones who've enslaved us. So yeah. the movie is basically talking about how the drug war is this useless war that's basically only like barely mitigating a problem, if o- but only so that it can increase profits and like oppress minorities. Yeah. That's it. All right. Uh, there's also uh, a line uh, just that, that I thought was really funny. This is what Groucho says. This is when he's antagonizing uh, Jeff Goldblum again. <laughs> One of the many things that he just says for no He just hates Jeff Goldblum and likes making fun of him. Yeah. And he's like, it's a good thing I never went to jail because when he came out, he'd have an asshole big enough to swallow a watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Pretty good. 
Uh, I mean, you know, like you got to just watch this movie if you haven't seen it before. Though I have so many notes, like the whole thing is memorable yeah, it's lines. Great. It's fucking wild. Uh, ratings: four Juds. Mm. I'm gonna give it two Douglases, mostly for Goldblum's dirty talk. There is there is some nudity in some nudity sex, in sex, sex in it, in it, but it's very uh, chaste. Yeah, it's very yeah. like it's very like. There's a boob or two, so, but it's very like but it's all the, like all the brown shower discussion uh, warrants a couple of Douglases for me. Discharge. And I'm gonna give it ten out of ten cardigans. Nice. Um, I love. I just want one more thing. I just I love that this movie does all of this fun shit and has this really concrete, very political agenda. I think that that is what makes it a great exploitation movie. Yeah. Is, this is a this is my idea of like the perfect kind of film. This kind of shit is my favorite kind of movie. And pretty sincerely Christian agenda. I would say. Well, I would say. Maybe. I think it's on the side of Clarence Williams the Third's uh, uh, Jesus freak character. <laughs> I would say he's. I would say his character represents yeah the moral center of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm gonna give it three and a half Juds. It's just it is a, a very stupid and crazy movie, but it's also just fun as hell, and it's really fast paced. Like I said, it starts with a shot of a guy smoking crack and just goes from there, and uh, and then like seconds later, a guy being getting his guts blown out in front of his child. It just yeah. goes like that. It's crazy. Uh, so I love that. I'm gonna give it two and a half Douglases. Just for, and it's almost all entirely from dialogue, but it's this this sleazy talk of this movie just keeps coming at you. Like that the whole Christian um theme of it. You know, I'm not maybe not necessarily trying to say that this is a straight up Christian movie, but it does remind not. me of a lot of like uh, art that came out particularly uh, a long time. Like a lot of operas that I watched when I was reviewing those would like s- cram in all of this like sleaze and sex stuff and then at the end be like, oh, by the way, they all went to hell because Jesus is good. And it's like, the, it, it feels like this movie might have been like semi-bankrolled by like a Christian organization to like get their money. <laughs> and he's like, all right, all right, okay, we'll put some fucking Christian shit in there, I guess, <laughs> at the end or something like that. But I'm going to get I'm going to p- have my yeah. fun. I don't know if that's true. That's just what it yeah. felt like to me. Uh, it's a big new it, cinema release. Yeah, because it really comes at you. And then I'm going to give it, uh, oh, I don't know, 10 out of 10 red vans filled with money. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, go- I'm going three and a half, three and a half Juds. I liked it. That's I mean, for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. It's a super fun movie. Uh, I'm like two Douglases, I guess, just for the dirty talk. I don't know. I didn't really, it didn't really seem sleazy, but also like Goldblum's whole deal is kind of sleazy. And and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Charles Martin Smith is is like great, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like his character alone is like, eh. <laughs> like you're kind of like the first scene he's in, and he's supposed to be like that. Oh you yeah, know, he's you're like you're like not supposed to like this guy, but every scene he's kind of like. Like just his casual, like who gives a fuck? Yeah, dude, I'm gonna become a drug dealer, <laughs> whatever you know. And he's like just a career man who's like, it's like this is yeah, this is all helping me out. I don't care what you do. He's yeah. pretty matter yeah. of fact about like I'm just doing this to climb up the ladder anyway. I don't yeah. give a fuck about it. Yeah, any he's of this. like ruining this guy's life. Go yeah, go ahead and murder people. I don't care. It's gonna help me. I went to Princeton. Fuck it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that and then. Um, I'm gonna say two thousand dollars for a little kid. <laughs> that's my. <laughs> that's a good price. <laughs> that's a g- Try to beat that price in this economy. And that kid is adorable. Ooh, one thing we forgot to mention He's a was bit too adorable. this was DP'd by uh, Bojan Bazelli, who shot, I believe he shot The Master, but he also wow. shot he also shot King of New York, oh, which is cool. another Fishburne, and another early and 90s, like, heavy, heavy, stylized drug 
gangster movie yeah. that has some similar stuff to say. It's pr- it's it's like it's bordering on being like a modern black exploitation movie. This more than that, I think. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just but saying yeah. that one does. And more importantly, both movies have a limo chase. It's true. <laughs> that, that one, I think the one in King of New York wins only because it has a bunch of like hot chicks like popping out of the top of the with limo Uzis with, with and Uzis. Shit. <laughs> but they both both limo chases have like or climax with a really hideous death. The like, one, the one in King of King of New York made me laugh out loud when I watched. They both it made me laugh out loud. But, this, but that one is even. That one is so good. Yeah, the guy gets if hit by the fire hydrant. There's a guy, and he's like out. <laughs> it's like one. It's like this one of these d- douchebag cop characters, and he's like outside. He's like out out of his car. He's being held he's out, hanging of out of the he's car. He's hanging out of the car, and it just goes boom, like into a into a fucking fire hydrant, and he's like that guy's fucking dead. <laughs> it's so. It's I, don't right. know, I had to rewind. I maybe it. even more importantly than that, King of New York has Lawrence Fishburne fighting David Caruso in a chicken store. It's that true. It's a great movie. Yeah. It's Another awesome. masterpiece. Um, anyway, everybody watch that too. Uh, moving on to a movie that I that don't is not think is a masterpiece. Good. The least interesting of the three. So let's let's just get through it, shall we? But is it's it's like it's interesting in some ways, but also like. Not. I found this. I found this interesting enough to be amusing, but it is very, very dry and boring. Movie is called Bad Company. Bad Company from 1995, directed by the estimable, estimable Damien. What's his last Harris. name? Harris. Harris, who brought us Deceived. You're Nelson Crow, and used to be a secret agent man. Enter a world of treachery and betrayal. So what happened with you and the agents? Temper tantrum. Temper tantrums are good. Who'd you try and kill? He's an aggressive, healthy, heterosexual male with a superior IQ of 141. And just a touch of paranoia. I like a little paranoia. It keeps them careful. In this company... We are thriving, I assure you. Doing whatever needs doing for press. Does that give you pause, Mr. Crow? It doesn't matter how good you are, only how bad you can be. Finder and killer. If you won't do it, I'll find somebody who will. She's 36, single, and you call her Snow Queen. Really? Yes, the director oh, of Deceived. Wow. I knew I recognized that name. Uh-huh. And we should also point out, not the Bad Company starring Chris Rock and Anthony Hopkins. A no, different movie called Bad Company. There's also a Bad Company with Jeff Bridges from like the 70s. Oh, wow. Also not this movie. Also a band from the 70s that sucks really hard and has a song named after their own band. Bad Company by Bad Company. Bad Company by Bad Company from the album Bad Company. Johnny I- Cash's autobiography, Cash by Johnny Cash. <laughs> Uh, and this Ray Liotta's autobiography, <laughs> Who Had Sex with Ray Liotta's Wife by Ray Liotta. I mean, I bought, and again, I can't stress this enough, I bought that book and he does not answer that question. It's unanswered. It's 900 pages long and at the end he's it's still like, and still we don't know who had sex with Ray Liotta's wife. I'm Ray Liotta. If the anybody audiobook knows. is 78 hours long. <laughs> and it's mostly just him it's asking who had sex with my wife. Over and over again. He tells some good stories. Yeah, there's some good anecdotes, about, especially about making those tequila ads. Like, boy, the stories, the behind-the-scenes stuff when he was making those tequila ads, you wouldn't believe. I don't, I'm not familiar with these tequila ads. You, you didn't see up. the really good tequila ads? I guess not. At all? Well, I, oh, apparently not. Oh, my friend. Are they on YouTube? If they're not, then I'm going to te- call up ads YouTube. for tequila? <laughs> yes. And he's like bullies people into drinking this tequila. <laughs> There's this one. 
<laughs> we're on a real digression right from the start. But uh, but there's this one. There's this one. Uh, there's like probably eight of them or something like that. But there's one where he's eight at, of them. There's lots of them. They did a bunch. It's like the Spuds McKenzie of this particular tequila brand. <laughs> he's absolutely that. But there's this. But he he basically like because he's like playing you know Ray Liotta tough guy like uh-huh. tough icon of cuff, tough cool. Is he like on a beach when it's in a suit? He's in a suit, but he's in a bar, oh, okay. like in a nice, classy, darkly lit bar. And there'll be like this blue, like music playing. Okay. And then, uh, and then, like this pussy, like he's like at the bar looking cool, being Ray Liotta. And this pussy comes up and is like, "I would like some fucking pussy." Oh, guy. you mean like a guy? Okay, okay. Just, I see. Yeah, just. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, no, just like a total loser, oh, okay. a beta cuck. Oh, come, beta cuck like me. comes up to the bar and is like, "I would like this dumb tequila for losers." And then Ray, Ray Liotta like. Hoists up his his shot glass and glares at him, and the guy's like, "Oh, oh!" And then Ray Liotta like glares at him more, and he's like, and then the guy finally goes like, oh, "I will actually have the tequila that Ray Liotta likes." And then Ray Liotta goes, "Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> I'd never heard of this. Have you heard of these?" I'm uh, sorry, I had, to, t- I had to pee. And but uh, just so for listeners, Talk, tell us about the stream. Came out, came out, and uh, it came out super strong. Good for right you, away, Stan. I had to pee real. I had to pee a lot, so it came out really strong, real fast. Um, but if like one of you guys had been in there with me, maybe not so much. What if I had a gun? Uh, I think it would. I don't think it would come out at okay. all. If someone had a gun on me, I don't think I would be peeing my pants. I think. What if Ray Liotta like, was there trying to get you to drink his his tough guy tequila? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that uh, yeah, <laughs> Ray Liotta's tough guy tequila. I'd piss That's all over. I'd piss sequel. all over Ray Liotta's shoes and then drink his tequila. <laughs> Who and pissed on Ray Liotta's shoes? I would, have him, Ray I would have him autograph my book. <laughs> who had sex with Ray Liotta's wife by Ray Liotta? Your copy of it. It's my favorite book. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> what were we talking about? I'll post it. We were talking what? about the movie yeah, Bad Company. Oh, right. Wow. A movie that no one remembers. Yes. Boy, I watched this because I thought it's we were- It's not like it's bad. I watched it's just... this one a while, almost two weeks ago, because I thought we were doing this podcast like, last, last weekend? weekend, and so then I was like, fuck, man, I'm not going to remember anything about mm. this movie. Uh, I do. I will say my favorite part in it, which it by far is Spalding Gray. Sure. He is so fucking awesome in this, because he, cu- he comes in. It's this movie, it's it's very controlled and mannered, and like cool. it's all these people. Yeah, it's it's v- this very cool sheen to it. Everybody in it is acting. It's like a 12-year-old trying to make a Michael Mann movie. Yeah, it's everybody. <laughs> that's it, no, good. that's exactly, it's everybody in it is acting so cool and collected that you're like, the whole point is that these people are so good that you're not supposed to know what they're thinking ever, which leads to problems in the end when you're like, wh- who's motivated? What are anybody's motivations? Yeah, what is anybody in this trying movie? to do here? Because by the end, you're like, there's one, only one character in the entire movie who who has like solid motivations, and that's the uh, the lady who right. like who's like sleeping with uh, David Ogden with Steers. David Ogden Steers from but, Mash. Like she like she you're, you when you get to the end of the movie, you're like, yeah, her arc makes sense. Right. But then the rest of them, you're like, what the fuck was Lawrence Fishburne's plan ever right. in this movie? Who <laughs> and you and also it's confusing as to who is working for who or why people are doing anything. Well, okay, but the movie's done in a very cool. Cool, I mean, allegedly cool, but you know, yeah, like quote with quote large Air quotes, quotes it. cool, but like it's very like cool and like um, collected and like uh, mannered and ever, and you so you're like, yeah, this is man, these people all have a plan, and then you're like, but what, but what was but, it? And who cares? What was it? And who cares? <laughs> well, okay, so it starts out. And why do Lawrence and why Fishburne's care? being like interviewed? Well, he's taking a test, like an like an aptitude test, like Just a psych test, similar to how similar kind of to how uh, Deep Cover opens. They yeah. both open with him being like tested. By like a superior as right. like as as to whether or not he's cool he is in fact cool enough to have this job. 
So supposedly he's like a semi-disgraced ex-CIA guy named Nelson Crow, right? Mm-hmm. Who's going to go to work for this company called the Tool Shed? Yeah, that's run by Frank Langella and his uh, second in command, Ellen Barkin, mm. and they're like a basically like corporate espionage, sort of like off the books private spy agency, kind of yeah. like Charlie's Angels, but with like meaner. Yes. And with less chicks. They're amoral. Yeah. They fuck with... Uh, they're they, they're, they're f- loyal to money. Yeah. They're the type of company where if like a... And this is pertinent to the plot, where like a chemical company is like Aaron Brockoviching yeah. a town, they'll like go after the town and right. get them to like back down so the chemical the, company doesn't that lose kind any of shit. money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then like... The, I would say that they're... Bad company. They're bad. Fact. They're a bad they're company. A bad company. It's almost as if that's what the title is actually. Means. And the company I can't deny. unintentionally, I think the the title also, but unintentionally they are. A, it is a. It does seem like a, a. It seems like a very poorly run company. It's a bad also. company. It's a bad company. It's a malevolent company. And the people that work there are people you wouldn't want to be in the company of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. bad company. Yeah, yeah. Till the day they die. Right. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so. <laughs> he, they, he gets he gets hired like pretty much right away, yeah. and uh, goes on his first job pretty much right away. They hire him on the spot, and we're like, okay, can you start in five minutes? So Ellen Barkin takes him to this house, <laughs> where they they break into the house, and they find this guy having sex with a young lady, He's and like- and she's like. Uncle Joey, I don't think mom's going to like this. And then uh, Lawrence Fisherman goes, Uncle Joey. Uncle Joey, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're, vi- they're videotaping and they're video the whole camcorder. thing. So the whole plan is that they're going to black, they blackmail this dude into like, I don't know what they black, I forget what they blackmail him into doing. Doing some sort of corporate, they want to do some corporate stuff. espionage shit, whatever. They want, or no, they want him to like relinquish his, his share of control in this company. Right. <laughs> yes. It's a lot, it's a lot of shit like that. It's, relinqu- like, it's like bribing it's, judges, relinquishing right. company shares, so all it, this all shit. The, all that stuff The is best sort part of is uh, as they're leaving, as they're leaving the house, the, the young, the young girl comes out, oh, and we've, we've established that this girl is supposed to be like 16 or something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. And the girl comes out to the car and she's like where's my money yeah she, yeah. Goes, she goes where's my where's my money and, and you saw them put the money in the mailbox on the way in in the mailbox in she's the mailbox like, in like, 20 dollar bills she's, she's like that was kind of fun yeah <laughs> so they're so they're you know everybody's everybody's got their hands this out this is bad, everybody's well, bad company hire. of unscrupulous people oh. everybody's got a price man yeah mm-hmm. or do they Some actually oh, oh. maybe one character in one the movie doesn't, doesn't. Have a price. no she does literally well she kind of does she does get a payday but I think that she she also is the only character who has any right. kind of ethics in the movie, which is, I think, one of, is like maybe the point of the movie. But it's like, so it's so dumb that you're right. like, who cares? <laughs> then, then they they go back to they go back to headquarters, and here's where the plot kind of kicks in inexplicably. I don't know why, but anyway, uh, Ellen Barkin just basically spills her guts to to Larry Fishburne, going yeah. like, okay, here's my plan. This you and so I fast. are gonna have a sexual relationship. We're gonna team up to kill. And steal the company from Frank Langella. Take over the company. Uh, also, I'm sleeping with him too, but we're going to use that to our advantage. Then, <laughs> yep. I mean, this is it's really dry. Then, no, I know it's it's funny because it sounds like it could be it's this thing that could be lurid, but it's right. so it's so like it's, dry and every it's very dry. Every set is like uh, it's all like con- like blank concrete and really hard angles and like em- like furniture that's like just hard lines. And yeah, you know, everything's empty and clean. He like he like, like it, car- one of his character traits is that he doesn't have furniture at his house. Yes, yeah. like it's his a house- thing he point they point out constantly. Like no couches or chairs or whatever because it right. makes him lazy. His, his or house and a, and a lot of like the sets in this movie look like 
like sets for like a modern stage play or something yeah. like that. They're just clean or and modern, spare. Or well, a modern stage play in like 1990. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. They're just all clean and spare. You're like, somebody lives it's there. Like, it's like in Heat like when it. he's like, you can hang out in her ex-husband's dead tech Euro trash house <laughs> if you want to. Like that's the house he lives in. Yeah. And here's an example of kind of what the dialogue is like and how it's delivered because there's this is when he's quote unquote bantering with Ellen Barkin Oof, and it's uh, rough. and he says something <laughs> like that and and then uh and then she and then he goes oh you'd be surprised and then uh he goes nothing much surprises me anymore Mrs. Wells and then she goes and somehow that doesn't surprise me like oh, <laughs> Jesus <God>. Christ <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, like this is Quote actually unquote, clever. This, like as much as bad as it was, this movie is significantly less exciting than Deceived. <laughs> but uh, wow, yeah, but that's uh, kind of true. It is such a it is it's, very, such a it's slack, very dry, deliberate it, slack pace. I I found it also di- dis disjointed. Like it, the things that happen in it are supposed to be like what a twist, but instead I was going like wait what? I was kind of going like oh that follows. Like yeah. it was like it's very like it's so dry and like uh uh I don't know it's just so slow moving. I found it like it's lugubrious is very amusing. Like I wouldn't say that this is recommendable to anybody, but this is the kind of like really like posturing kind of like self-serious shit that I find highly entertaining. Kind of like True Detective season two or something like that, where it's just like, <laughs> is the whole thing like this? It's oh, wait, so, oh, it is. It's so very deliberate, and it's like it's very deliberate, and it's, and it's uh, like you sit there and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. They've got to know how full of shit this is, right? But no, they totally don't. It thinks it's very, it's very clever and yeah. cool, right? And like I, <sighs> well, okay, so. Yeah, as opposed to Deep Cover, which is like this this action movie, which and also it's which tantalizing, is, which is but which is seductive, but which fun. is also about something. Right. This one is like this supposed to be like this like isn't this so cool? And it's a and like ooh, people just and you're like and like and it's, what it's, a it's, it's moral about, gray area yeah, they're living and it's in. About, ooh. It's about just it's about just nothing. <laughs> nothing. Like it's not. There's nothing to. There's nothing. It's a show here. about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> this could be the Jerry? show. This is the show. Uh, also, and who's gonna watch it? But no, by the way, nobody uh, b- yet. Before we get into well, what, it's on TV. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> before we get into whatever the plot is, uh, this movie does. It turns out, and you would only be able to tell if you looked very closely. This movie takes place in Seattle. Yes, I didn't know this until you pointed it out after I'd watched it. There are well, two problem, yeah. in, two indicators, maybe more, but only two that no. I noticed, and I was paying attention. Because uh, it's obviously shot in Vancouver. Yeah. And they even do... Because like, the skyline shot at the beginning of the movie is not Seattle. Van- it's Vancouver. They didn't even use a fucking It's like, in, like, the, it's like in the crush when it's just like, that's not Seattle. Unbelievable. Where they show like famous Vancouver buildings and then it's <laughs> yeah. like, anyway. I'm not saying everybody knows what the Seattle skyline looks like, but everybody knows that the fucking Space Needle right. is there. <laughs> and this is just... And I, and I was like, what the fuck city is that? Well, they, they, and they also don't do like a Seattle tag. You know, like, no. It doesn't say that it takes place in Seattle. Nope. But it's it only... Weird. Only at one point, it's really there's, funny. there's another one that's way more subtle, but only at one point, well, I think uh, Martin Lawrence Fishburne is like walking Martin to some Lawrence building. Fishburne. Martin Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> is walking Martin to Martin Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's going to run tell that, and, uh, and he walks by a, a hot dog cart, and it says in this, like, hast, in this hastily made yeah. white sign, Seattle Dogs. Seattle Dogs. And you're like, like, I guess it's Seattle. <laughs> I would totally watch a Seattle body, like a being John Malkovich style like body swap movie called Martin Lawrence Fishburne, where the <laughs> two of them swap lives. Well, who wouldn't? And then and then later on, you see a, a zoom in of a document, and it says like an address in Seattle. It says and it takes those are the place only two Seattle. things. There's no reason it couldn't have just taken place in Vancouver. But it says Seattle Dogs, which is so yeah. funny because I was like, who Wait would a care? Second. 
Yeah, who would give a shit weird. if this took place in Vancouver? Just to have it take place in Vancouver. It's not remotely Seattle. They don't even use any stock footage or anything. It's very weird. It's so weird. Uh, so okay, so he so he's so he gets in with this company. Well, he gets in with the company. Now he's he's he says he's basically on board with Ellen Barkin's plot to take over the company. Also, do we talk about how Michael Beach is in it and then is not? We're getting there because <laughs> he's he's <laughs> Cause he's in it and then you're like you're like ooh this is gonna be a whole thing. It becomes it, it is it not. sort of becomes important for a minute that he's in it, but before. <laughs> we introduce Michael Beach then Fishburne goes to see Michael Murphy who's like a veteran of many Robert Altman yeah. films and stuff and he's playing a CIA guy named Smitty and it turns out that he's actually not a disgraced ex-CIA guy mm-hmm. he's still working undercover for the CIA to try to rat out the bad guys that run the tool shed exactly yes. it's, it's allegedly it's another movie Right. where Lawrence Fishburne is like working for people who don't appreciate him right. and he's it's not, it, and in this one, it's, it's but in this so one, it's a moral like gray still, There are still no good guys in this one, or at least there are sort of a sort of like more. There's a moral value. There's a moral compass in Deep Cover, <laughs> yeah, not yeah. in this one. No, in the, in this one, everybody's a bad guy, right? Uh, and then, okay, so then he hangs out with Smitty, and then goes back to the agency where he runs into Michael Beach, who is also ex-CIA and yeah. re- and knows who Smitty is and says, like, I noticed that you had this, you signed out or you called this phone number and that's his old phone number. Yeah. You're he, working for the CIA. You're 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 up to no good. And goes, Fishburne is just like, whatever. <laughs> he goes, okay, you want in on this deal? Yeah. And he goes, okay. Yeah, and so now- <laughs> Sick, Mike, weird, eerie, evil, godless stuff and I want in. Yeah, exactly. It's and bullshit. Then, and, then they, and then they go meet up with uh, with Michael Murphy and then there's a whole bunch of-, uh, of They say, the homophobic so much thrown around because Mike, Michael Beach's be character funny? is supposed to be gay and Smitty F- yes. constantly refers to him with a very nasty epithet over and over again over and over nuts. again it's like his like Michael Beach comes into that scene and, and Michael Murphy like addresses him immediately almost exactly like Charles Martin Smith in the interview scene in yeah. Deep Cover like the first thing he says to him is like aren't you a this it's amazing. It's implied that that's like part of the reason he's disgraced, he's disgraced CIA from the CIA or something. Yeah. And these guys hate him. It's very, it's very weird. Also, yeah. that's that's the scene where there's this long, this long, long tracking shot, like from the from like a helicopter that goes like a, through the mm-hmm. city and into this window, which yeah. only ser- which does. And you're kind of like, wow, what a neat shot. And it's like to in service of. Then cutting to the interior to the of the interior. room, where like some characters can be like, "Why was what the fuck also, was that shot for?" Also, the the set that they're in, like the hotel room set, is just like it's clearly we only got one side of the room yeah. shot. Yep, and like it it says like t- maybe three camera angles. Whenever someone gets and walks away, the camera pans over and follows them back, and they just it's like a long wonder where they just sort of sit there. And also, uh, it's like uh, one table in a hotel room. Sophie pointed this out while it was on. Was that um, there? It's a nice view out this window. And they're eating at this table, but they're facing the doorway. And she's like, "Why would you be facing the doorway if you're yeah. eating? Why you would be facing you would be facing outside where the fucking view is? <laughs> it's a wonderful and I'm view, like, and it's a beautiful day. And I'm like, it's literally just because like then these two other characters are going to walk in the doorway. Yeah, and so they have to be facing that way. Uh, okay, so at this point now, the <laughs> the stupid actual like conspiracy starts, which involves. Spalding Grace Company, which, as you said before, is like Aaron Brockovich in this town. It's called Curl Industries. Curl Industries. Well, he is so it. he's so fun in it. He's like the only character. He's the only. He's a bad guy too. I guess. But he's 
because he's like his he's, he's head of like a corporation that poisoned kids. But right. he's but he's almost like a corporate head as imagined as like a uh, incest an incest royalty baby. He's like Mr. Burns. Yeah, but, but like, but not, he's almost like a baby. As, like at one point, he's like, they walk in and he's on the fucking yeah, ground in crying. The fetal position. I, he's like, he's, he's just fu- he's he's funny because he's the only character who is like. He's almost like Spalding Gray rewrote his own dialogue or something because he's the only character who's not having like this really fucking uh, boring, uh, yeah. you know, uh, dry robot dialogue with the other characters. He's like being, Weird, he's being enough, very weird. <laughs> I watched this the same day for Don't Ask Why, but I watched Beaches and he's in that too. I didn't realize he was in Beaches. He's he like is. Bette Midler's one of her boyfriends. Yeah. <laughs> and he's very sweet and funny in that too. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. Oh, R.I.P. Spalding Gray. R.I.P. Spalding Gray. Go I watch like, like Steven Soderbergh's and everything uh, Everything is going the fine. The Demi one too, whatever yeah. that is. Well, oh, no, that, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The documentary about yeah, it. I haven't watched that still. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, so Spalding Gray runs this big chemical company who's been Air Brockoviching this town, and the, the court case has gone all the way to the Supreme Court. So... He hires the tool shed to suborn a Supreme Court justice. David Ogden David Ogden Steers, who has like significant gambling debts. Yeah. And a secret girlfriend. And a secret girlfriend. So they go to his bookie and buy out his markers. Yeah. They go to two of his bookies because one of right because the other one, one of them is James Wong. James, they first they buy out James <laughs> yeah, James, James Hong. James, James Hong, Hong. Sorry, sorry, not nearly enough Hong. Sorry, in this. and James Hong's really good. And he what's the name of his character? He has a funny it's character Mr. name. Birdsong. Birdsong. Mr. Birdsong. That's what it is. And he also <laughs> lives in a weird deck tech Euro trash office. <laughs> I would say I would say that's, that's above a sweatshop. He or lives something. in an eyeball yeah. freezer. Yeah. That's my second favorite scene. <laughs> I just do eyes. <laughs> just because just because he's T's character isn't really much to it. But, but he's he's great in it. But he's but he's awesome. Yeah yeah. Everybody, everything that's good in this is like the scenes in Malice where it's like, there's Anne Bancroft doing this shit. I mean, even honestly, like, I mean, th- that scene with Michael Murphy and Michael Beach in the, isn't like great, but Michael Murphy is fun. It's fun to watch. And he's got this like, like shitty mustache. He's, and, and he's doing, he's just, he's like just going like, I'm playing like a city, a shitty CAA guy. Yeah, I can do that. That's going to be fun. Yeah. And like, they let him have fun. But the main characters of the, of the movie, like Skeletor and Alan Barkin and Fishburne are all like, a lot of the <laughs> supporting characters and like, yeah. and like, the, like cameos are really fun. And then the main chunk is very dry. I mean, even yeah. David Ogden Steers is like f- doing a, he's like seems like his he has a character at least the rest of them are all like these guys are bad company right. david like, ogden <laughs> steers has gone morally astray with his gambling addictions yeah. and whatnot but is a like d- fundamentally decent oh, man basically ooh, ooh. i forgot something really right. important besides that we haven't a, talked a, about a, a mistress on it's an important yes. detail of blood that i find patently absurd and is kind of the key to the whole movie mm. so when lawrence fishburne goes to see michael murphy the first time He's like, okay, so they want me to suborn this Supreme Court justice, and we got to buy up his gambling debts, and this is what it's going to cost. And he's like, okay, well, we can we can set you up with, and we're going to give you this money, sign this, and we need a receipt. Right. Yeah. Then, later on, when they actually get the million dollars <laughs> that it's going to cost to buy the Supreme Court justice, they go to the see David Ogden Steers and his secret girlfriend, who's there witnessing this, by the way. They let her just hanging out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and... They're like, okay, so there's this case coming up, and we want you to vote this way and and screw over the poisoned kids so that uh, Curl Industries doesn't lose $25 million, which doesn't seem like a lot of money. But anyway, <laughs> one million dollars. And we're going to pay you a million dollars. And David Augustier's like, doesn't even blink. He's like, all right. And they're like, okay, sign this, and we need a receipt. <laughs> so it's like, you're being, you're going to sign and re- get a receipt for your bribe? Yeah. 
And they're keeping this corruption above board. I know. And the receipt is like an important piece of evidence that ends up like <laughs> connecting the dots to all of the characters later on. Because they have the they we have got the, you. You shouldn't have signed a receipt you on shouldn't that have conspiracy. Signed a fucking receipt. Are you taking notes on a fucking criminal conspiracy? <laughs> they have the mistress sign it too. Yeah, and the mistress signs the <laughs> as, like, she, as a she, witness. Like, is she, she like a fucking notary? What is this? <laughs> no, they bring a notary in. Just it's, they hire one. Seriously, are you uh, are you witnessing this criminal? By the conspiracy end, they brought in like twelve people. And they're like, does everybody know what's going? Okay, is everybody clear on what's happening? We all brought right. all the t's, cross all the t's, and down all the lowercase now, j's. Don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> now, I think I think at this point is when like the the, 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 the sort of uh, the other takeover of the toolshed conspiracy kicks into high gear, where uh, Ellen Barkin and Frank Langella go on like a romantic holiday to his like country house, Quote, unquote, to romantic. his lake house, yeah. and we we see there's a lot of boning in this movie. Oh, there's, a great, we see. there's a great there's a great scene where she where she bones uh, Fishburn. Fish burn in the in the Barca lounger. Yeah, or she's the, fully clothed. The, the Barkin lounger. She's yeah, a, <laughs> she's fully she's fully clothed. But there's a flash of uh, yeah. Yeah, she pulls her dress up uh, to like, oh, uh, she's to, not wearing to mount underwear. him and does not have underwear on. I mean, it's important to point out. You see it for you see it podcast. very quickly. And they're yeah. having like they're having like sexy conspiracy talk while they. Fuck. There's another scene where they have sex before that. Like she's yeah. she's writing him and going like, "Did you get the signature? Did you get the did, receipt? Did you get a notary like, to and then, come? And then you're gonna just shoot him." Uh, it's yeah. very sleazy, and, 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 and Barkin is like go is she's like going, for, going it. for it. She is like Barkin is great. I she think is, she's great. I mean, she's not very good in this movie, but no, she has no, no, nothing I to do, work with. I do like Barkin, but she she's just. I mean, in the scene, particularly in the scene where she, where they're fucking on the Barco lounger, yeah. she is like fucking. It's yeah. like aside, it's like aside from the, like showgirls fucking. Aside yeah. from the brief <laughs> the brief flash of the 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 crotchal region, it's just very it's clothes on sex, but mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's whoa, still kind of it's still kind of he's wearing like a silk robe. It's still kind of dirty though. There's a lot of like it's all of it's kind of, of like panting and yeah, ro- yeah, like it's like a lot of that. Like yeah, it's holy nuts. smokes! I'm just saying like it's a fully closed sex scene, but Barkin, but like you're like, but you feel like you watch like just watch Ellen Barkin like re- actually have sex. Yeah. And then later on, uh, so the scene that we were ta- talking about when the conspiracy is finally kicking in, uh, if you and I know a lot of you people have been requesting this, but here's the scene that everybody wanted to see: Frank Langella eating out Ellen Barkin. Yes, <laughs> all your dreams come true in this movie. And you get to see that, and uh, and oh, she deserves it. Oh, absolutely! And uh, so, lady he, right. so he's going down on her, Wait, and she's I, looking at the window. And Lawrence Fishburne like pops into the window and is like, "I'm seeing this, I guess." And she's like, "Oh, but I'm still enjoying." And it. they <laughs> like they like like they already have an affair, and they like each other. And I think you're supposed to be like, "It's he's like jealous, but he's not." It's like everybody's. I everybody's think he a, actually is in love with her. But that, maybe but that's what. That's well, what, the movie would like you to think that. I mean, that is what you are supposed to be thinking, right? But yeah. it's not articulated that, at that's, all. That's that the problem. Emotionally, even remotely, yeah. the, the characters in this are They're all so, so emotionally distant and remote that, like, you don't know if that's what you were supposed to be thinking. Because everybody also is just doing this their jobs, which are they all to just be feel shitty like to chess pawns. Yeah. yeah, but you're like, does he care? I don't I know don't. if he's doing this because that's you, part of the plan. Do you care if he cares? Because I don't. I mean, exactly. I, I mean, I want to. I'd, I'd like You'd to. You'd like to. I'd like to care if he cares because that's the point of the fuck of fucking making a movie. Right. Sure. But these guys who made the movie don't seem to give a shit yeah. of that. But it's like the director was going them like, like no, 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 no. It's like the opposite of George Lucas's uh, faster, more intense. It's like no, no, no. Uh, slower, slower, less, less intense. intense. <laughs> like, <laughs> like bring. Oh God, hold on. I, I, I saw a glimpse of you maybe having an emotion there. Bring it back. Bring it back. Reel it in. Reel it in. That's the, not what we're trying to do here, people. <laughs> I liked. It. Okay, so then Fishburn. I kind of like. I kind of like this scene. Yeah, it's a good scene where it's, they because oh, awesome. they breaks in. You know, Fishburn breaks into the house and like Frank Langella hears something. He goes out to investigate with a gun, and uh, and Ellen Barkin sort of follows him out of the bedroom, and uh, <laughs> Frank Langella's walking down the hall, and 
Fishburne's like around the corner and Ellen Barkin knows that he's there and she calls out Frank Langella's name and she and he turns around and faces her and then Fishburne shoots him in the back and he's not wearing a shirt and it blows out his belly which yeah. is a really cool effect. <laughs> it's yeah. super cool. And uh, I wish there was more of this because I mean it's just his belly and then they fix. I mean you can. I actually. You know, paused through it, and for a split second, you can see this sort of like, like uh, prosthetic taped yeah. on thing. But you can't tell when you watch it. It looked, co- I thought it looked, looked really awesome. good. And a, a lot of times in movies, you'll see a person with like a vest on, and you'll be like, "I know that they only that shoot them on the best yeah, part. Yeah, the vest yeah. part's gonna bust open, and it's oh, it's fucking cool. It was cool. It was a neat. It was a neat a jolt. The, a, well, it was very a jolt little, of excitement that this movie needed. <laughs> very little. Like, well, there's a shootout at the end, but there's very little like action in yeah, this movie. Yeah, very, very little yeah. at all. But then then, then uh, he turns around and he sees Ellen Barkin. Like He, he kind of pieces, he pieces together right oh, yeah. there on the spot. And he goes over to Ellen Barkin and he puts the gun up to her face and he just starts pulling the trigger over and over <laughs> and, and over again and it's empty. empty. Then he starts choking her. And, he's, yeah, and then he starts choking her <laughs> until Lawrence Fishburne finally comes and fishes, finishes him off. But, he, but earlier before this had happened, he told her that he loved her and this mm-hmm. actually, apparently, from what I can gather from what she says, it's not expressed emotionally, uh, this affected her. Yeah. Oh, actually, during this scene she is crying yes so and she's but, like she's like kneeling over his corpse and being like yeah. oh maybe i didn't didn't but actually want to do this thing that i said that we were going to do yeah but it, yeah that's yeah it's so but it feels so like it feels a little half-assed oh, okay like, you're like is this true is this she's she's happening? over it immediately in the, in the next scene and michael yeah, beach yeah. is not in the movie anymore and michael really. beach is just not in the movie right. at all it's no, whatever he was up to i mean i guess he got a cut of whatever you know there's a whole thing where it's implied that the uh, the bookie, yes. who's old friends with David Ogden Steers' right. character, not Birdsong, but the other guy, the other guy, he's like coded gay. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And then him and Michael Beach have a whole thing, and you kind of think like, oh, that's gonna be a thing. We could be really like good that, friends. That, that, there were, that there would at least be a reason for right. this character to be gay, and for all of these homophobic slurs that have been thrown around but did just no, the Michael Beach anywhere. character and that it other seems character like something just that disappear. was it seemed like if it was ever a part of the story yeah. it was just cut out because they were like ah there's right. too much gay stuff and let's cut this out yeah or I, something I, I, w- I will say for 1995 I feel like the homophobic slurs are entirely supposed to be detrimental to the character oh, absolutely. that they're saying oh, absolutely and, and, and one of the gay characters is actually like the, the car dealer is actually pretty sympathetic and, and yeah, ended yeah. up seeming like a sleaze I, I, I don't think that thing. the movie is, not saying, is yeah. expressing yeah. any homophobic ideas it's just it seems like there's no, but there's no. It feels like it feels like that, that's a, that's a that, that it's making it's, it's food coloring. It's just sort of like why is well, it why is coloring. like why is the Michael Beach character even in the movie? Right, because yeah. he just because and then theme, he disappears. He it's, disappears from the movie. The, the the other character, the card dealer character, shows up again. Right. in a cool in actually kind of a cool scene. Yeah, but like the Michael Beach character is just gone, and you're kind of yeah. like oh so. Wait, what? it seems why like this was, movie was, was this movie was trying to be one of those tangled web of characters and deceit. But it's like, no, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't get very tangled at all. Yeah. We just sort of pulled on both ends and it came untangled. Yeah. And, and I mean and I mean, since you're so uh removed from caring about any of the characters, it like the tangle even if there was a tangled web, you'd be like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care <laughs> I don't care which character wins this tangled web of shit. I don't I don't why would I give a shit about any of these people? So I mean okay, so well, you feel a little I mean you do feel a little sympathy for Barkin because she kind of like Seems like she wants she's, to, but she's also she's then, doing some fucking she's acting also doing here, some, at some, least. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you feel sorry for the actors, right? But you also feel sorry for the character. You have some sympathy for the character because she plans this whole thing that then just gets like taken over by the CIA. Yeah, right. You know. Do you remember the part at the beginning where I think it was when he's talking? To, he's talking to Michael Beach about like you know here I am I work here now, yeah. and he's like, uh, oh, so you met Wells? You met Ellen Barkin? And he's like, I did. What do you think of her? And he goes, they call her the Snow Queen. And you're like, oh, really? They call her the Snow Queen, do they? 
Jesus pretty, Christ. pretty clever, guys. Why do they call him the Sand Spider? It's probably because <laughs> sounds it sounds scary. scary. <laughs> it's just so stupid. Um, well, so they so they so they kill him and they basically take they over, take over they the take business. over the toolbox, the, the tool, tool shed, shed, and they like uh, they they make it look like this whole he was an intruder was an intruder that came in because they tie him to the and, and they he tie, chair they tie and Ellen Fishburne to beats the shit out of Ellen Barkin, Barkin to Ellen make Barkin. it look like it was an intruder so. and she's, she's complicit too it's yeah. not like he's surprised it's one of those like now punch me yeah, sort yeah. of thing no it's one of those things where yeah he's like Punch, he's punching her hard yeah he's, he really beats her and up and I think this is another scene where you're supposed to be like how much of this is like real emotion coming through but yeah. like the movie but you, you don't yeah. know you don't know you're like i think this is just part of the plan and i love capers like where there's a right. plan and you see if the you've been emotionally attached are, to these characters this movie kind of would be good it actually like i kept thinking of for whatever reason i kept thinking of uh, the movie bound while i was right. watching this yeah, yeah yeah i feel like that also has a very claustrophobic like stylized look but it works and you actually like like the two main characters and you're like want them to get away with this and you have and the gay in, stuff's important in that you're invested in it <laughs> there's, some, exactly. there's a sort of moral consistency to I their felt actions like, yeah. I felt like this, what they are exactly and I felt like this was sort of like kind of similar to that but without the without you giving a shit right. at, with, at all <laughs> what about what if Bound and but nobody gives a shit and it's like almost well, like, also like what I mean, if, Bound came out after this but still it was you know sure. it's, it had, but it had, they both of them have kind of a cool detached character I mean but Bound is very funny what too, if but, what if Bound but also not made by a couple of born genius filmmakers <laughs> like the Wachowskis Absolutely. I mean yeah. Yeah. You know, what if it's made what if it's made by the by guy some who made dipshit. Deceived yeah exactly <laughs> actually some he's dipshit. he's uh, he's Richard Harris's son uh, oh, is brother he, is of Jared. He? Jared Harris's brother. Uh, wow. Okay. Well. Interesting. Um, and he's married to Peter Wilson for a while. Anyway. Oh, good for him. <laughs> I guess. Or good for her. Good for I, her. I don't, I don't know. Who cares? Who cares? So... <laughs> they they take over the they take over the tool shed finally right. Yeah. There's a scene yeah. where Lawrence Fishburne's like, "Hi, we're gonna be friends now," or we're we're like boyfriend and girlfriend now, and she's very cold to him. And then he like pushes her onto a desk and is like, "Your top shelf, the girl of my dreams. You and I are forever." I know. Then you're like, like, "What?" <laughs> and this is yeah. And this is where <laughs> oh, the because okay. because this is now she's his boss sort of right. But then like he's doing that, and I was like, "What is what's happening? Why like, does everybody fall in love with this woman?" Allegedly? But also, like, but also oh. like, why is he acting? like that now and right. all the characters just start acting in weird ways where I was like the script needs them to be motivated in specific directions that like they weren't yeah, earlier doesn't make any sense and then you don't know what their motivations are like what like his character is like that and then also like still hiding like secret tapes for the CIA and going like maybe I'm gonna do the right thing and you're like right. what even is the right thing and you is already, that what the movie's you supposed already to be killed about? a man in cold blood I mean I don't know and it seemed like you were totes fine with it right like uh, weird. At what point does David Agner Steers kill himself? Well, that's coming up next because okay. <laughs> now that they're now that they run the tool shed, that it's time to kick the kick the the bribery scheme into into gear. And so yep. David Ogden Steers, who has been paid a million dollars to vote in favor of the evil chemical company, mm-hmm. decides not to do that and votes in favor of the poison children. Yep. Then wills all of his money to his secret mistress. Well, he sent. He's. I think he sends that million to like. Sends the million. He sends to like the a, million to like, to the like an offshore yeah. account, and she, he's like, "You go away with this you go money away with here. the money." He's like, "I'm gonna meet you there." Yeah. Because he's even a scene where he goes home and like his wife is sleeping, and he like strokes her hair, and you're like, "He's gonna kill himself." Yeah. And then he <laughs> then he shoots himself. <laughs> but he's. It's pretty funny because it shows like the the court that this he's is, on the court decision. The, yeah. No, it shows like the the justices like a picture of the justices yeah. on his court, and he goes, "What say you, gentlemen?" And then yeah. That's right. Like, that's a cool that. way to go. <laughs> uh, so he's dead, and now. Oh, he also uh, just just it is one of the few emotional scenes. But he like when he puts the gun in his mouth, he goes ah. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's true. the trigger. 
So he's <laughs> bye bye Winchester he's from little, Mesh. He's a little uh, freaked out by it. Yeah. Uh, and so there, that plan has gone to shit. And she, the, the mistress, is off in. Um, she goes Barbados away. We don't know where she is yet. Well, she's Bahamas. like she's off somewhere. Because well, then she, because then we see her, and then she calls up. Right. And and um, like a homicide. De- a detective answers, and he, she's like homicide. She's he's like yeah. Wait, who is this? Why are you calling here? And she's like, oh oh no, prank call, prank call. And she's actually you think that she's like a gold digger, but turns out no, that she, she really actually loved really loved him. Yeah. yeah, she's like the only she's like the moral center of the movie because she's the only yeah. character who like has any kind of uh, scruples or whatever, which I guess is the point. Of and the now movie. Spalding, they they go to Sp- see Spalding Gray, and he's in the fetal position crying <laughs> on the floor in one of the best scenes in the movie because they've lost because uh, they've lost this court case and his company is in shambles. Yeah. And uh, and he's like, he's like, you were supposed you to were do supposed this. to take care of this, and they're like, well, we can still take care of it. So they're now he, he basically puts out a contract on the mistress. Yeah. Then the what a tangled web all of a then sudden. The, oh my. Then the bookie, the other bookie, not Birdsong, who is supposed to be friends with David Ogden Steers, comes and sees Fishburn and is like, I'm actually friends with the mistress too, and I got a postcard from her, mm-hmm. and it says she's in you know like fucking Bar- Barbados or wherever the fuck oh, she's, so she's at. in like Jakarta, uh, in front know. of the uh, perpetually peeing fountain. Yeah, yeah. where's that? Yeah, and some so, European anyway, some place. Anyway, we kind of know where to find Spain her, and, and Fishburn is like, well, that's very interesting. And then like one of the next scenes is her meeting the bookie and right. buying a gun from him, right? Because she didn't actually go anywhere. That was all a ruse, right? They're yep. faking it because they're faking cause, it, you know, because she's gonna get a and, the, and he thinks he's gonna get a cut of her money. But also, he also and he, he's just on her side. And yeah. He was also best friends from childhood yeah. with David, with David Sears, Sears. which is why he kept such a large uh, debt for him. But, but he, he was, also sold him up the river like for nothing. Yeah. And, but now he feels bad. Yes, I think the idea is like, oh, I didn't think it was going to go this far, so right. now I'm going to do the right thing. Now my friend killed himself, and I didn't mean that for that to happen. So, and so then all then though that character disappears from the movie, and the mistress yeah, and Ellen Barkin and Lawrence Fishburne all end up in, at in, Fishburne's in, apartment in a Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, and they shoot each other. Well, Ellen Barkin and Lawrence Fishburne shoot each other. Which is really cool when they they just start shooting at each other like pretty much across the room and yeah. she immediately just plugs Fishburne right in the middle <laughs> right of the, the forehead. It's a oh, cool, it's a really cool effect. Boom. It just goes right down the tr- blood trickle right down also, his face. and he slowly drops. Yeah, he like, stands for very a while. Slow motion, yeah. I like the scene where she gets the gun from the guy and he's showing her how to use it. it. Reminded me a little of the scene from Taxi Driver, right? Just where it's like here's and she's like she like points at her face and shit, <laughs> and you're kind of like doesn't mean we're married. And you're kind of like oh maybe she like just secretly really knows how to use a gun. But then when it gets to the shootout, she like closes her eyes she and just sure starts shooting random. Yeah. Like, oh, she did not know how to use a gun. She just was like, I'm going to go in here and start squeezing off rounds and hope I hit somebody. Well, the two of them kill each other, and she gets away with the money, and that's pretty much the end of the movie. It well, shows she, her, no, it shows her sending mails. some evidence to like yeah, yeah, the official sure, authorities. Yeah. Which, is, so. which is evidence that's going to get... Because also there's a whole Michael Murphy plot where he's his whole secret He's plan been trying to take over the tool shed, They too. get in there... Get rid of uh, Skeletor, and then he, then the CIA is going to come Skeletor. and take over and, uh, and run the tool shed as a, the, as a like off books black ops operation. Exactly, yeah. and so so there's there's evidence against him that Fishburne had because there's also this like towards the end is like this other thing where Fishburne's real mean to Barkin in that one scene. You're like, oh, this is what this character's like, and then there's a scene of him like mulling over this evidence. He's like, maybe I should do a good thing. And you're like, oh my god, is this movie still on? <laughs> right. What is happening? And then she sends <laughs> that credits. She sends that evidence off. To, uh, to mail and there's actually a part at the end where she gives it to like a hotel like right. clerk and he's like she's like 
you're sending this off priority mail or something. He and he even he goes like, "There's a place right across the street. You could just walk it over. The Justice Department's right across the street. You could just walk it over there." And she's like, "Just mail it." And you're like, "What the fuck is that? Why was that in the movie?" <laughs> there should be a scene at the end like, where she gives that? it to the bellhop, and the bellhop gives it to an autistic kid, <laughs> and then now the bad guys have to come after that kid. Oh man! No. Oh, I want this and Bruce end. Willis is like, "Why does this keep happening?" The same guy. Same guy. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, and that's it. Roll credits. Like, I guess maybe justice will be served. Yeah, it's in under. The end it's or like something. an hour and forty-two minutes. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty brisk. It's not, isn't like it's just not much. It, it moves pretty quick. It just is not good. Yeah, it's nothing interesting. <laughs> it's a movie yeah. that time forgot, and rightly so. Yeah. yeah, it could also it could it's the kind of movie that could benefit by be, being worse. Honestly, yeah, I think like, so. More exciting like, anyway. Yeah, if yeah. There was just more like flamboyantly ridiculous. It's too cool and like. You know, like this is what we're doing: yeah. stylish, cool, yep. subdued, jazz music playing. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we're making a good movie, and you're like, no, 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 you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I do have. Um, here's a line. This, this is a, a line where, like, I think it's right before they fuck each other. <laughs> right. This is this is a, it gets a little sleazy. Like we talked about yeah, the sleaze, yeah. the, and, and he's talking. And so, like, they're him and Ellen Barkin are very close, and he goes, and this is Lawrence Fishburne talking. Have you ever killed anyone? See, to do it right, you work up close, close enough to hear them beg, to see them bleed and smell it when they crap their pants. And then she starts kissing him. Like, after he says, <laughs> crap their pants, she's like, oh, I gotta, I'm very amorous. Oh, no, I'm turned on. And he says, can you pee on my too? leg, please? Yeah, like, let's get these brown showers going. Yeah. <laughs> This is the good episode. Yeah, and then then, uh, this is uh, him talking to the judge. If I were drowning and someone threw me a life preserver, I wouldn't exactly call that a bribe. You're drowning in debt, Your Honor. Another week or so, it'll be glub glub goodbye. (laughs) Well, I mean, at least the lady gets the receipts at the end and gives them to the bellhop. (laughs) I will say that, like, as as silly as a lot of dialogue is, it is one of the things that's enjoyable about the movie. Is like if you if you remove yourself from caring about the movie which is not hard to do like alone some of those lines are kind of cool yeah. like they're kind of like they, like that like that's a fun line but the movie is like so subdued like you're saying that it's bo- like they all come across as just boring yeah for yeah. the most part the movie was written by Faulkner it turns out <laughs> it doesn't like seem yeah. l- like it's lurid or like excited exciting ever yeah, I remembered this, you know, this is something I saw I probably saw on cable when I was a kid and I remembered it being like, Oh, it was pretty weird and intense and crazy and then I watched it the other day, like, oh, this is No. <laughs> those are not those are not, <laughs> not yeah. descriptions of this I would use. No, <laughs> Ratings. Uh two and a half. Mm-hmm. I yeah. found this pretty entertaining, despite the fact that it is not remotely entertaining. You know? <laughs> Weird. <laughs> that's it's true. Like, I feel that yeah, that's yeah. uh I'm gonna give it a good three Douglas's for all the fucking and the panting and the uh, just the general luridness or yeah. attempted luridness of the whole thing. But I mean, like the again, like the when that scene where Ellen Barkin they fuck on the Barkalander, it is like Fishburne is basically just going uh, uh like I think he's literally going uh, uh, and she's like fucking going, she's like Let's, screaming. What does she sound like? Go, Kevin, do it. Ah! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's a hundred percent. I'm fucking. Ah! I'm not going. I'm not going to do it. Ah, ah, Sex is fun. Ah, <laughs> yeah, that, that was just a recording that, that I played from the movie. Uh, that from wasn't the movie. us. Ellen Barkin has two different sound, <laughs> sound Oh my god! Go on. And I'm gonna give it ten out of ten <laughs> shots to uh, unclothed belly. Fuck yeah! It's 
pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool effect. Uh, I'm going to also, yeah, two and a half. It's fun, but not fun. Entertaining, but boring. <laughs> hard, hard to explain, but that's what it is. Right down the middle. Uh, two and a half Duggies. Um, pretty sleazy, uh, but you know, a lot of times not showing a whole lot, but there is inc- there is incest in this movie, uh-huh. for God's sakes. Underage incest. I mean, Jesus, like in the first 10 minutes or something yeah, like that's that. that's very unusual. Uh, and I'm going to give it uh, 10 out of 10 scenes where Frank Langella eats out Ellen Park. Oh, boy. <laughs> like we all wanted our whole lives. Skeletor Conolingus. That's right. Uh, shit. At the end of this movie, there's a molten pit of lava that skele- that Frank Lagella comes back out of at the end of the credits. Like, there's going to be a sequel, and it never happened. I'll be back to eat you out again. <laughs> Just like in Masters of the Universe. Uh, yeah, I'm two and, two and a half. Again, it's all those things. It's bad, but not good. Bad, but, but not bad, good. Bad, 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 not good, but not terrible. Bad and, meaning bad, not bad meaning good. Uh, mm-hmm. if it's like it's a type of movie that would be, uh, if it was worse, it would be better. I mean, um, this is a, this is a very much your late night nineteen nineties mm-hmm. cable staple. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and three. I'm going three Douglases because of you know the fucking and stuff. The fucking and the sucking. We're talking about the licking and, and the picking. Give it. Oh. Uh, the picking's give it, the best uh, part. One perfect headshot. Mm. <laughs> nice. One absolutely perfect headshot. Right when Lawrence when she shoots Lawrence Fishburne because then this is the main character of the movie and you're like oh here's here's where the shootout's starting and he, and he dies immediately right he like gets killed at the beginning you got the fucking blood <laughs> spray going behind him you get the trickle on the on it's, his face it's very lovingly yeah. done it's, I would like to take it's great it's moment. pretty it's pretty amazing oh, oh and I mean you know let's, and I, I'll give another shout out to Spalding Gray one yeah fe- I'll, I'll also give out ten out one ten fetal Spalding Gray Spalding Gray I would like to take a moment to talk about 1995 Lawrence Fishburne because. We we recently found out about the poor Lawrence Fishburne story because okay, nineteen ninety four was mm-hmm. when, or ninety five was when Die Hard three came out. Right? Oh right, is that correct? Uh okay. yeah ni- no it was ninety five ninety five yeah yeah yep. this came out in ninety five too yeah so did our next movie right so in Die Hard three was originally written the the Zeus character when they when they turned decided to turn it into a Die Hard movie they they rewrote that character for Fishburne huh. And uh, at the same time, it's Quentin Tarantino. Oh, right. Tarantino was talking about wrote, this. Yeah, he wanted Fishburne to play Jules in Pulp Fiction, Holy which was shit. being made or about to be made. Now, Fishburne had recently hired some new representation oh in order God. to basically see, basically said to these guys, like, "I'm ready to be a movie star. I'm going to be a movie star. Make me a movie star. Get me the roles that yep. I need to be a movie star." And they told him, "He's like, I really want to do this Pulp Fiction movie," and they're like, "You can't." do that movie it's a small role it's a small movie nobody knew what that movie was going to be yeah and so he's talking to tarantino and he's like i really want to do this movie but as he says or as tarantino tells us fishburne says i hired these people i'm paying them a lot of money i should listen to them because they're like they're like that's a supporting role that's a supporting role and you're it's an ensemble cast that is not a movie star role Hmm. so he turns down pulp fiction and again on the advice of these agents he asks for a significant amount of money for Die Hard 3, which he has been promised by uh, Mario Casar and Andy Vanya, who produced... R- role written for him. Role written for him. He's basically... He said he had an oral agreement with them. Jesus. Now the guys at Synergy, which is the company that became out of Coralco, and when Coralco went bust, they turned into sort of this other company called Synergy, which produced Die Hard 3. Mario Casar and, and Andy Vanya are like, that's too much money, Lawrence Fishburne. We're not going to pay you that money. Mm. We're going to get somebody else. And it turned out 
that this was all going down while Can was happening. And they're like, well, we're in Cannes to support Bruce Willis for Pulp Fiction. We're going to the screening. Let's, you know, we've got one other guy in mind, and he's apparently really good in this Pulp Fiction movie. <laughs> and then so they go see Pulp Fiction, and they're like, well, we'll get Sam Jackson to be in Die Hard 3. So that's the story of how Lawrence Fishburne was not in Die Hard 3 and was uh, replaced by Samuel L. Jackson. And, and, and okay, ended up making this movie, Bad Company, and Just Cause. <laughs> That and, is, and that's actually, a real shit. That's a good segue into why would Lawrence Fishburne be in this movie? Just cause. Just cause. Just cause. <laughs> Speaking of just cause, I I would just like to wrap up that story just very briefly by saying like I cannot imagine either of those films without Samuel L. Jackson and yeah, with Lawrence neither. Fishburne and said, but that doesn't mean that I don't think they would still have been great. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah I don't Lawrence think so Fishburne would have been great. But I mean, but like. I can't imagine Jules Winfield being played by anybody else. Can you imagine the history of cinema if Sam Jackson had not been in Pulp Fiction? Like they the you know, like Moriarty, There's that no Drew McQueenie guy used to do the game where he's like you could pick you got two movies and you could yeah. you have to take one out of the out of existence and, and the chain of causality of like that movie not being in existence, what does that do to movies yeah. going forward? So like yeah, take Sam Jackson out of Pulp Fiction and replace yeah. it with Fishburne and like then what happens? Maybe Sam know. Jackson yeah. would have been in the Matrix, and he would have had to like <laughs> learn karate at the age of like seventy-four or whatever he would have been at that time. Morpheus is a big golfer. <laughs> He's wearing a Kangol hat. I'm gonna show you how to golf, Neo. Uh, oh boy. Anyway, just I mean, cause. you know, he, oh. he had to wait a few more years, but then the Matrix happened. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, so Lawrence Fishburne made great choices. And it all as well. led up to him being in Hannibal, which is a very good TV, <laughs> show. a very good show. Yes, and CSI oh. for which he was paid handsomely. <laughs> Good. Yeah, he'll be fine, everybody. Fine. Nobody's. It's yeah. That was his year of being Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Um, but okay. Ju- so nineteen ninety-five. Just, just cause. Just cause. <laughs> just cause. A brutal murder. This girl Johnny Shriner. I don't know. A forced confession. I refuse to believe in any government which is willing to trade torture for torture. Death for death. A renowned professor of law. They're gonna kill my boy. It's 25 years since I've practiced law. He said, fine, Mr. Paul Armstrong. Give him this. Driven by conscience to take the case. I knew Robert Earl was bad news. First time I ever laid eyes on him. I don't hear any evidence. But we didn't need any. We had a confession. The guy's on death row. I want you to help him get his life back. Why are we making this movie? Just cause. Just cause. The reason we <laughs> made the movie well, is why we called it Just Cause. What's, why ha- does, what's happening? Why does stuff happen in this movie? Just, Just cause. cause. No. Fair enough. So this movie <laughs> that joke never gets is told. directed by a, a, a non entity, a fake yeah. person. <laughs> it's a fake name. A man named Arnie Glimpcher. <laughs> Arnie. Uh, who's making this movie? Uh, Arnie. Why are we getting Arnie Glimpcher to make this movie? Uh, Just cuz. My, my, oh, my name? It's Arnie. Arnie Stanton. Arnie Glimpcher. That's the worst name I ever heard in my life. That's the worst name ever Hey, Arnie Glimpcher, come back. <laughs> so yeah, directed by Arnie Glimpshire. Arnie Glimpshire is uh, Arnie, he had, he had previously just made cause. he had previously made a very well liked uh, critically acclaimed movie called The Mambo Kings, which I believe was nominated for some Oscars. Unseen by me, I have not seen it either. So oh, there you go. It was but, nominated for best Mambo. Yeah, uh, and but he was mostly like his big claim to fame was he he co-founded a, a very famous art gallery called the Pace Gallery. Mm. 
So this leads me to think that maybe this is like a rich man's hobby kind of thing. <laughs> Why this movie? I don't know. No, I this know. This summer just, I'm going to make a trashy thriller. Because the Mambo... It's, it's, I'm slumming it a little the bit. The Mambo Kings the is Mambo a, Kings, allegedly a classy film. It, it you know? seems like something that, like, it's like, okay, this is maybe someone's passion film that they want to make right. about this. But this is the type of movie that, like, you make because you need to pay bills or something. Right. Like, <laughs> that you, like, that you did because you're like, okay, well, shit, uh, I want to do this other movie and the studio won't let me do that. They might let me do that if I make this... I, this stupid uh, middle of the road thriller, and then I can do whatever. I have a theory. But he had some acting credits and some other sort of like sort of producing credits, yeah. which means probably means he put money into projects. Maybe he was an investor or something like that. Uh, and, and and you know, a guy probably had a lot of showbiz contacts. I bet that this was a movie that he had like some production investment, not necessarily financial, but some some role in, and like it was falling apart, and we needed someone to take over and direct it. And right. it's like, well, Arnie made the Mambo Kings. I'll do it. You know sure. what I mean? Yeah. That's just conjecture on my part. Well, if yeah. uh, Joe Charbonnet can get back to us on wh- yeah, exactly Joe Charbonnet, what have. happened with Just Cause? It does very much feel like a movie that that's that we've we've discussed this kind of movie a lot in this, where like nobody wanted to make it, and then for some reason it could not be stopped. <laughs> and then everybody, why are who, we making? This? And everybody who it made it was like, now that now that the train is running, let's just keep it sort of rolling steadily. Yeah. Let's settle on fine. But I think that like I think that like <laughs> we did it over with. last episode. We did the Chamber, I think, which felt totally felt like that kind of movie, but in like a in like a shitty way where it's like you and, know uh, where where like Ron Howard had a hunch that it was going to be <laughs> shitty. Our friend, our know. friend uh, Cody Downs of the Paradise City texted us on Twitter the other day to tell us about like how apparently was Nicholson was supposed to be the right, Hackman yep, role in that yeah. and Pitt and everybody jumped ship. Everybody jumped ship yeah, because yeah, they were yeah. like, "This one smells bad." Let yeah. me tell you about the white so. lace. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Yeah, and you you see you can almost sense like like Nicholson maybe was like, "I'm thinking of doing this." Maybe showed it to somebody and they went, "Don't fucking." <laughs> do this? Are you? Went, did you read the okay. script? Don't fucking do I it. When he told don't me that, I thought of the, the 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 opening narration of The Departed, where Nicholson <laughs> is like, "Now the only issue I ever had with the black chappies." Oh, no. <laughs> he uh, just talks about that. Oh, jeez. But this this one, uh, I feel like I. Whereas I feel that one was like a thing that's like, we're just gonna make this thing. This one feels like that same thing, but also I kind of enjoyed this. Yeah. Because sure. I find this one like is I like the, is terrible. Is the opposite? Is the kind of thing where you're like, you're like, oh, what is this is about stuff? And then it's like, nope, it's just a, it's just a mindless thriller and you're like oh, okay which and I- thank god too because <laughs> if this movie had even even a trace of courage behind its convictions it would be fucking disturbing yeah, yeah like yeah. the like if you at any point were inclined to think that this movie was telling you something right the only things it could be telling you are fucked horrible up, yeah or fucked up but it's but it's not it's just using stuff that seems like an, maybe it's I don't got know, some like hot button issues hot button that it's attached issues to, you know, like to get to like from the swamp headlines. chase scenes yeah. and yeah. stuff like that, and gator people getting eaten by gators, gators yeah, yeah. raised and, by crawdads, and it's still not good. And it's all it's very de- distasteful too, because it's the kind of movie where it's just a dumbass thriller that features cars jumping over bridges, right? That also has like graphic pictures of like little girls who've been stabbed brutally, and, and you're just like, yeah. that shouldn't be in this. What, what do you think we're doing here? I, naked I was, little girls who've been stabbed. Yeah, twenty or forty times. I was a billion mostly times. surprised that I had not seen this before. Oh wow! Just because it's like total middle of the road cable <laughs> shit. Yeah, and I've seen all of that stuff. Like I went to the movies every single day in the nineties. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> how did this one slip by me? Because like, cause like you mother- would, you could have gone to see this movie just cause. Just cause. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, I saw <laughs> this in the motherfucking theater. I'm saying with my buddies, and we were driving. I remember driving home and being like, that movie was awesome. <laughs> Ed Harris should get an Academy Award nomination. Okay, I do love Ed Harris in this. Ed Harris is doing. He should oh, not boy. get an Academy Award nomination, no, no, but no. he is funny. No, but He's I do. But I, but I do he love. Really I do love that. Like that. Like 
You know who's asleep in this know, movie? I didn't know he was in it. Connery is I wasn't, like, where's I, he at? He's hilariously asleep. Though. I wasn't watching. I wasn't watching the opening credits, so I, I, so I must have missed Ed Harris in there. Oh yeah. And so when when Ed Harris <laughs> pops up, I'm like, wait, is that fucking Ed Harris? And then he's and he's like going, he's swinging for the fences yeah. too. He's, he's like, he's introduced, butt naked, like a cr- <laughs> like a cr- like clinging to the the bars of his <laughs> and cell. laughing maniacally. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely were like, Ed, do whatever you want, buddy. <laughs> and good bless him for it, because that's like that's like the... He's the Steve Buscemi in Domestic Disturbance of this Cause, film. Because right. the movie, because at that point, the movie is very like, it's sort of like, it's, it's going to be it's a, a court case that's getting re- novel. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, this is very dry and very boring. And okay, so it's this kind of movie. And then Ed Harris shows up and is like, hey, and he's got these little tufts of orange hair. Uh-huh. You know, and you're like, what the fuck is going on with I, this guy? They're like, we let him paint his paint his uh, his cell. He's like a crazy. Nobody wanted to tell him his not His cell to. looks like, if you're not from Seattle, you're not going to know this, but his cell looks like it was painted by uh, fucking Henry. Henry. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's right. He's that been painting a, murals. That is a deep Seattle. Even cut if there. you are from Seattle, you might but, not like uh, it. That well, one. you can Google it. If you Google like Seattle Henry, you'll and you, well, if you and Google you Seattle Henry, you'll get the Henry, Henry Art Gallery. But well, <laughs> it's I mean, a different. I don't know. Actually, Seattle I don't know Henry what painter like painter, murals. You know, they're all they're murals. all over the place. It's a big thing all over Seattle. Henry, yeah. This guy Henry has these like especially in our neighborhood. But like, but that's what I. That's the first thing I thought of when I saw his cell was this local guy who paints who paints outside everywhere. It's like they just let him paint it. It's like kind of delightful. His cell is kind of fun. Where guy takes in the swamps of Seattle. <laughs> anyway, it, that's not even the main plot of the movie, isn't it? Harris's character. He's just the most fun part of it. He's the, the he's the trick. He's the red herring. The main plot of the movie starts in <laughs> Ochopee, Florida, nineteen eighty six. Yeah. And it's when a uh, uh, a cop is uh busting uh, Blair Underwood. Who's yeah. just hanging out at his house. And uh, and they take him into the they take him into the interrogation room and uh, beat him up with a phone book. Second phone book beating that we've uh, that yes. we've had on this yes. uh, show after um what, it's not Martin Balsam, but the other guy gets uh, clubbed in Guilty as Sin, gets clubbed with a yes. phone book? Jack Warden. Jack Warden, no, Jack thank Warden. you. Yeah. Uh, and hey, what so are you doing? Don't set my building on fire. Don't set my fire. office on fire. Ah. Oh, oh, wait, wait, don't kill me and set my office on fire. Ah. What are you doing? God damn it, now I'm dead. This is bullshit. This you guy guilty is guilty as sin. Guilty as sin. Guilty as sin, I tell you. Why would you do that? Get the hell out of here. Guilty as sin. Oh, I was going to say just, just cause, cause, but yeah, no, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. So yeah, Lawrence Fishburne hits hits uh, hits him with the phone book, and then si- no, the other his, guy hits him with the phone book. book. No, they're in a cell, and then Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne comes in with with a gun, and he plays Russian roulette with yeah, him. Yeah. And uh, my question, my question at this point was like, what if he kills him with the oh with the Russian roulette? Yeah, that is. I mean, always... I feel like the implication is that this is the kind of law enforcement agency that would be happily be able to sleep sweep that under the rug. Oh, for sure. But well, plus, like this guy's just brought in for been brought in for murdering a little girl, a little we, white girl, we, and so they're we, gonna be like, whatever. You failed to point out an important detail, which is it's sort of symptomatic of where this movie. One of the reasons why this movie is bad is mm-hmm. because it sort of thinks it's up to something that it's not up to, which is like. Blair Underwood gets run into the jail by this smarmy, obviously racist white cop who says like all kinds of mean shit to him and starts beating him up. Yeah. And they're like, all right, let me get the boss. Yeah. And he leaves. And then Lawrence Fishburne comes in. And you're like, oh, Fishburne is the chief. He's the and yeah. he's a, he's the head honcho. He's often spoken about. He's spoken about as the guy who is the worst to black people. And right. So and when he's John the worst Connery to meets him, people. he's like, he's black. He's That's black. crazy. He exactly. Comes in, he's black. Well, this is before you. You haven't met, Sean, Con- you haven't met Sean Connery yet. Right, not yet. No. But then, then now Lawrence Fishburne is like playing Russian roulette with him, and and he gets him. He forces a confession out of Blair Underwood. Mm-hmm. He he coerces a confession that he that he raped and murdered this little girl. 
I'll have questions about this later. Well, they, see, and it's not—it's not even so much that like the uh, the movie thinks it's up to something. It's more that the movie is actually pretending to be up to. That's something. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, so like some of these movies we've seen that they think they're up to. So, like the chamber clearly thinks. Right. That when the movie's over, that movie thinks it did a thing and said right. a bunch of stuff. But it is so. This movie just playing the, a game. This movie's just yep. like we're about things, and it's like ah, gotcha. No, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a car chase. <laughs> Wee. <laughs> but it does have all kinds of disgusting language in it. This is what. Oh, yeah. Fishburne says, did you fuck her before or after you filleted her? <laughs> oh, yeah, it's <sighs> it's gross. <laughs> it's very uh, gross. So, and anyway, he gets sentenced to death row, basically. Sentenced right? to death row. Yeah. He's going to fry on the uh, electric chair. Cut eight to years now, later. Uh, George Plimpton. Eight years this later. Is, yeah, we got we got Spalding Gray and George Plimpton George in Plimpton episode. and Sean Connery <laughs> are having an academic debate uh, Sean about Connery, capital punishment. There will be no more ballyhoo, no more <laughs> shenanigans. I believe capital punishment is a bunch of ogle boggles. <laughs> Foo for all. Foo for all. Is, no, no, he's he's arguing he's for, for capital punishment. Capital punishment and uh, George, and, tell me, shoot me straight, George. And he's giving, how do you feel about the electric chair? He's having a debate he's with George Plimpton about the death penalty in front of a rapturous actually, audience. It actually seems at the end of the debate that George Plimpton's character was just like playing a straw man. Because they, they go, oh, yes, okay. No, he actually goes, he, he, actually, goes, he, yes. goes, he goes, oh, you may, I believe you have changed my mind. Or yeah, something yeah. like that. And you're like, I like to think yeah, he's whatever. not playing a straw man yeah, and he literally not. had his well, mind changed. George Plimpton is like, John Connery, what if, what if, uh, what if a murderer <laughs> came into your home and murdered your wife? There's blood all over the handle. There's blood, blood all over the, the handle. Hold on, the, ca- question, the question's about the economy. <laughs> you're, trying, you're trying to open the door, but there's too much blood on the knob. <laughs> This is so Sean Sean Connery is making the, like is introduced like the camera zooming in kind of talking well, about the horrors. My be the birds in the sky and the <laughs> rocks in the trees. Suddenly remembered my Charlemagne. <laughs> Over the years, other witnesses to electrocutions have described the prisoner catching fire. The electricity is so powerful that the eyeballs pop out onto the cheeks. A sound like bacon frying during the autopsy. The liver is so hot that it can't be touched by human hands. And George Plimpton's like, what would you say to my argument? An eye for a tooth, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. We do it over the day. And then he says And the audience, else. every time somebody says anything, the audience, the audience is like, yeah! Rapturous applause. They rap this for, is the best! They're clapping for both guys equally. Yeah, they it just seems think it's like. great entertainment. But the crux of the matter is that Sean Connery's argument is that... Is not that like revenge is wrong, or because he's like, yeah, if somebody killed my wife, I totally want to have him executed. But he he basically is just like the state shouldn't have the right, yes, to to commit capital punishment. His argument is that executions are gross. Yeah, yeah. and it's barbaric. They're, they're nasty. The the very the very unpleasant. Yeah. Judge. Yeah, <laughs> I believe you've I believe you've changed my mind, sir. <laughs> yep. Um, uh, and at this point, uh, he's approached by the Blair Underwear's uh, Blair, Blair Underwear. Blair Underwear. Well, Damn that's it. his new name. Well, sorry, Blair. <laughs> Nothing we can do about it. That's who you are now. <laughs> it's Ruby D, right? I think so. Uh, yeah, Blair Underwear. <laughs> uh, it's me, Blair Underwear. Grandma. Uh, and uh, and she's like, you need to come. Uh, my, you need to come down to Okeechee, Florida. Because I think Sean Connery is, in, is based in Miami. Yeah. So we're just in Florida the whole time. So we're ticking off two of our big boxes, Seattle, Seattle and Florida, in this episode. You gotta come get Eddie Dutra off death row! <laughs> Except when they film him in Florida, they just actually fucking film him in Florida, right. not like Seattle shit, where yeah. it's like, it takes Flo- place in Seattle. Florida but this, takes, this takes place in Florida, but there is a sign that says Seattle dogs. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were really popular at the time. Hey, come get your Seattle dogs. 1995 was a big year for it's Seattle a banner dogs. year for Seattle dogs. Cream cheese on a hot dog, that's it. That's the whole thing. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, you it's, also it's get pretty a, good. You also yeah. get a taste of Sean. Oh, well, you can't. You know, I can't eat it. Like, man, I can't eat it. You also get a, t- a taste of Sean Connery's home life, which is hilarious. He's married to Kate Capshaw. Sean Connery is a hundred. Yes, and he's married to Kate. Capshaw. I look. I looked it and up. And he has a little daughter. I looked it up, and <laughs> like girl. they weren't as far. They're the actors aren't as far apart as in age, but he is like twenty five years. Twenty five years older, but he just looks so much older than her. He, oh yeah, and a part of that has to do with he's that he's so bored and like inert in the movie that he just seems e- even ten years older he, than he, he is. He comes home, and this took me by surprise. He comes home, and there's these little girls having a party. A, a baby Scarlett Johansson is plays, yes, that's plays their daughter. daughter. Yeah, plays the daughter. Scarlett Johansson goes, and he comes in, and you're like, oh, it's just like his granddaughter. Or something. And she goes, daddy, and you're like, what? And she's a little girl. Yeah, and you're like, daddy, and you're like, who the fuck is his wife? And you're like, oh, okay, well, there you go. Someone who's bu- who's way younger. He's like, oh, hello, oh, watch out, daddy's a million years old. Don't you want to break his back? Professor, Professor Henry Jones Jr. picks up this little girl. And he's like, this is my daughter. And you're like, you gotta be fucking. Hey, that man, can't be. Hey, he he drank from the cup of Christ. It, <laughs> shit keeps you young. <laughs> That's true. It washed away that bullet it wound. Sure yeah. did. He, he lived forever. Uh, you must believe, boy. It's important that his wife is Kate Capshaw. That's true. It seems like it's superfluous when she comes back. Oh, it's important his wife is. But there's a in funny the movie, scene. You mean. Yeah. His, I mean, his, it's not important that it's Kate Capshaw specifically. No, no, no. It's just important. <laughs> it, the, the character is crucial to the movie. Yes. Which you, yeah, which you don't think. Which at doesn't first. make any fucking sense. He I shows, have a big question about he sh- this. He shows her the letter from this guy, from this lady's mom or grandma or whatever, and is like, she's like, you should go down there and do that. And, which comes back. This this comes back later. Right. But this is really she's this the is crux really, of the movie, honestly. Yeah, she is. really funny, like because they just never seem like a married, remotely like a married couple. No. It's su- even, super bananas. Even in the like long scene where they're like dancing at the party, he's like singing to her. It's fucking yeah, hysterical, it's disgusting. But like, but she. So when he first meet, greets her and he comes back from his uh, kicking ass at this seminar, uh, <laughs> she's got a she's got a black eye. She, his wife has a black eye. Yeah. <laughs> that you you like what would. You, you can well, imagine. He, he probably hit well, her. I'll tell you what, he's not bothered by it that much. He's like, hey, what's up with the black well, we all know. We all know Sean Connery's views about occasionally giving an, uh, a woman a shot in the I mouth. Think, I don't recall giving you that. Well, where did that yeah, come who from? Who did that? I That's think, not one of mine. I think the idea <laughs> that... Oh, Jesus cause, Christ. Because she, she got hit by someone at her job is right. like a... Yes. Uh, so she's a do-gooder. I think she it's supposed with, to be... Uh, she works with juvenile kids, and so she tells this story yeah. about how this juvenile well, kid she, that she she's trying to get She works with abusive children, and she goes home to an abusive geriatric. That's right. Well... I mean, well, here's what happens. So she she, she tells Sean this, Connery's she tells only this abusive story. in real life, not in this movie. Okay. She tells this story. Let's not be glib. And goes like, yeah. and goes like, I was rep- trying to represent this kid, but he he was like this 14 year old, and he started to get mad, and he punched me in the face. And Sean Connery's reaction is, well, another day at the office. <laughs> That, to I think, his wife I think being that, punched yeah. in the face. I think that the whole point is that that's supposed to be like that. It's like, boy, our jobs, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, but and could it's he at least go? Are you su- okay? You're supposed well, to well, be. Well, he's like, well, like she got beaten this up isn't by the a first fucking time street urchin. That that's she got beaten up by a street urchin, uh, you know, in in fucking lockup. <laughs> he, he, you know, but Sean Connery went toe to toe with fucking George <laughs> Plimpton, noted notable, noted scrapper George Plimpton. I had a bad day too. Uh, Marquess of Queensbury style. <laughs> I guess him cuffs. <laughs> I gave him a metaphorical black eye. <laughs> gloves, gloves on. I put a with black the eye on the, the reputation of capital punishment this afternoon. What did you do? <laughs> anyways, Nothing. Okay. Goodbye. Anyways, she goes. She goes like, and then I had to represent the kid after he punched me in the face, and he and she goes, and he goes like, well, what did you tell the judge about the black eye? And she goes, I told the judge my husband was a wife beater. <laughs> so awesome. And you're like, they're fun. We have fun here. <laughs> they're a fun couple. Oh, number good. the number one rule: have fun. <laughs> rule number two: no outside food. So anyways, three, don't tell anyone about Fight Club. That's true. So Sean Connery's like, uh, this lady uh, wanted me to represent this guy, and I said no. And she's like, you should do it. And he's like, fine. 
And so, because <laughs> he's not a, because he's like, like practicing very, law anymore. He just writes yeah. books about how he doesn't like the electric chair. Yeah. yeah, he's not living in the real world. He's gonna he's gonna reinvestigate the case because Ugh. they think his confession was coerced, which we know it was. Yes. Uh, and so then he goes down to like uh, Manny Yunk County or whatever the fuck it's called. Okeechobee. Okeechobee. Oski woski. Yeah. He goes to visit Oski-woski. him in prison. He goes to visit him in prison, and and, and Blair Underwood, Blair Underwear, is, has spent many a year in the clink, in the pokey, the hoosgow. Eight years. And There's a very weird introduction to him as well, where he starts, I'm not going to do it, but he starts talking in this like very southern uh, black sort of thing. Yes. And then goes, actually, I don't talk like this. Yes, I'm... <laughs> He's it's like well, it's the he's whole, very well spoken. Because yeah. the whole movie, the, it's weird. Because the movie's all about or is pretending, it keeps pretending to pre- be about upending your prejudices. Because yes. it's, that's what the movie is about for like an hour of the movie before it's revealed that the movie's not actually well, about that, and it was just pretending that it's supposed to be like about that. And it it's actually, actually like, it actually is trying to be about that, but then the way that the plot comes out pulls the rug out from under that completely to go like, ah, no, you were right all along to be prejudicial. Right, that's yeah. what you would think the movie was telling you, and maybe it is, but who cares? Who cares? It's exactly. such a stupid movie that you don't end up being bothered. Well, it's by basically it. like it's like that's the thing is that it's like one of these that's supposed that's like this is about things, and then it's like it's actually just about this silly plot. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, like I guess spoiler alert, uh, the whole thing is no. Is, let's get is, there. Let's it, get yeah, there. Yeah. Well, well, you want to get there? Yeah, let's well, get there. Okay. Well, so okay. he, well he he reg- he tells him all about this stuff and how he didn't do it. That's when you actually see them like coercing. Is when Blair Underwear is telling the story. Is like he's like going like. Like oh they this is when they coerce the the confession out of me and you see the flashback of mm-hmm. that happening, um you know and and Lawrence Fishburne then says I didn't do that when you meet when you meet yeah. him and he goes to see he's kind he goes of a, to see Lawrence Fishburne he's like, he's like kind of a cool customer a bad he's not necessarily a good guy you yeah. can see why, but he's, you know, he's that still you, the the big fish in this little pond and his name is yeah. Tanny Brown yeah. And uh, my favorite, my favorite thing in this part of the movie is when like he first starts hanging out. Connery starts hanging out with Fishburne, and Fishburne like they're driving in the car, and Fishburne like does the the seatbelt thing and like starts choking Sean Connery out with the seatbelt. He's, he's going scream, scream, scream! scream. <laughs> Why would you do that? And he's like, I just want well, you just it's not very comfortable. He literally, is it? Sean Connery literally what? says, "What the fuck was all that nonsense about?" I lo- but after that, they're still so like funny. shumming around and looking for clues. Because he's saying afterwards, him, what he just he just strangled him with the. Because he's taking him to where the murder him. is, and they I know, don't I they know. don't like Sean Connery because he's like relitigating this this case that was closed, where this guy brutally murdered this little girl and like went to prison for it. He's saying he didn't do it, and so nobody, none of the cops like him of because he's like one of the cops at one point calls him a Yankee son of a bitch, and yeah. it's like, yeah. a he's from Florida, b he's from <laughs> Scotland, <laughs> he's. Just- He's a Scottish Floridian. In, 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 in Florida or the South, if anyone's from anywhere north of where you are right then, they're Yankee. They're Yankee. <laughs> Even if there's just two of you standing there, one of you is more Yankee than yeah. the other. If, if, you're, you're, yeah, if you're north of them, you're north. a Yankee. You, can't appro- you actually can't approach anyone from the north. <laughs> From a, a nor- from a northerly direction, even yeah. if like if they're like a like ahead of you, that's and, it. And it's if like you're in, and if you're in court for murdering somebody, you can um you can plead uh, Yankee law, which yeah. is that they were north of me and I had to kill them Your because Honor, they, they were, was north of me. They the was, South shall come again. They was Yankees. Oh, okay. Case dismissed. Yeah. Go ahead. Case they was Yankees. Cold. They were trying to get my gator. <laughs> 
Exactly. Throw them into a fan boat. Damn Yankees were coming. Everybody everybody drives fan boats. That's it. Uh, No fan boats in this one. And they're okay. So single fan boat. Don't they find something in the swamp where the murder took place right here? Oh yeah. Oh no. At this particular point, when uh, when Lawrence Fishburne takes him out, he like takes him a little bit into the into the swamp and lays the pictures. The swamp. And that's where you see the the picture during the swamp. The very graphic pictures of this murdered girl. And you're like, Jesus Christ. This is a bit much. And like looking back on that, you're like, this that was too much for the type of movie this ends up being. (laughs) Yeah. Like you're like, that's not necessary. What happens next? Uh, I don't remember. I remember the middle part, but like uh, the, once it when once oh, it Harris like, comes well, he, when he like, goes back, he, goes, he sees he goes that back. his car has been has been vandalized, and it it's says like he's going around town, yeah, getting information. His car has been vandalized, and it says there's a pic, a painting of someone getting a, a very well rendered painting of a person being electrocuted in an electric chair, and it right. says Bobby Earl burning hell. Bobby Earl is uh, Blair, Blair underwear. underwear. And then, uh, and then John Connery gets hit with a bat. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if they ever even explained who did this. But and he, then, uh, yeah, there's also a scene where he meets up with uh, Ned Beatty, who's like who was yeah. Blair, oh, yeah, Ned, Ned Beatty, Beatty who was Blair Underwear's uh, attorney. Attorney. Um, and he's like, he's like, I did what I could. I tried to get him to to plea, take a plea deal, and my business is bad because I defended him and stuff. You yeah, know, you know, it's all these like southern people that you're like. That you're like, I don't feel sorry for these people, or people that like you seem like they wanted to throw this nice kid under the it's bus. Like a shitty John Grisham. Until the until the twist happens. Yeah. Uh, also, like, isn't there's a there's a scene? Who's the guy that plays his uh, his like his father-in-law who has to be as old oh, or fuck. younger than him? That like is like runs a newspaper. Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, it's Kevin McCarthy. From UHF. Yeah, it's Kevin McCarthy and An like invasion of the body snatchers <laughs> in inner space. UHF. Yeah, UHF mostly. UHF mostly. And he, he like uh, he like is he's like this is my son-in-law. And it's you're so like, funny. You're like Connery's older, right? No, no, no. It's too. I don't think so. No, I looked, I looked it up. Not. Kevin McCarthy is actually 16 years older than him, okay. but still, they're both just uh, two old men. That's, I mean, still. <laughs> yeah. At that point, you're just like this. You're, you're, it's you're, very funny to see one old old man introduce another old old man as a son-in-law. He's introducing him to his like uh, secretary, secretary, who like immediately is like is like ooh, is immediately like has a mad crush on. Sean ooh, Connery. I want to fuck that balding <laughs> old octogenarian, yeah. like Billy Goat, and who would so weird? There's a later scene who where they're would? at a they're at a party, and she's and she's like trying to she's trying to get get it on with uh, Chris Sarandon. Chris Sarandon, who doesn't? <laughs> that's it. He's just in that scene. <laughs> He's and that's one it. scene. Yeah. Fucking weird. Again, so. like show business uh, connections, rich man's hobby. Arnie Glimpshire. There we go. Just cause. <laughs> yeah. Just cause. Why was Chris Sarandon in that scene? Just cause. <laughs> anyway, so, so a party he, scene. Just cause. There's just a bunch of scenes where he's like learning about this case and blah blah blah. It's, you know, nobody likes him. Uh, and then he goes he goes back to talk to him again and like Blair Underwear's Blair like, Underwear's no, it was like, this other serial killer, Ed Harris, was the one who did here. it. Who's in this prison? He keeps taunting me that he did it. Yeah, he told me that he that he killed her and then set me up. Yeah, these are these are the kind of like signature scenes of the movies where he meets with uh, with Ed Harris's character Blair, uh, Blair Sullivan is his character, and name. Ed Harris is one hundred percent doing fucking Bob Odenkirk as Charles Manson. <laughs> like you can't get rid of me, I'm the stain. Because <laughs> I'm that hiss. He's, he's like he's like real quiet, and then he starts yelling, and he doesn't stop. Yeah, he's like <laughs> asks him a bunch of questions. He's like, oh, oh, you like are you a religious man? Do you have a wife and children? And Sean Connery goes, uh, no, I don't. He goes, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, he's that kind of guy. He's a he's this a is the same loud, year that, quiet, loud guy. Uh, same year that uh, 
I bet uh, Apollo 13 came out. Yes, but was was he nominated for an Academy Award for Apollo? Well, I, think sure he was. Was. I think he was. I think he, he was, might yeah. have been. But anyway, that's a. It's Should like have got nominated for the, this instead. The two, the two, the two opposites of the spectrum of Ed Harris performing is like this one where he's like he's manic and crawl, climbing the walls, and then that one where it's like he's so he's like he's like very he seems like a very decent guy. <laughs> they, should, they should do the dear Ed Harris instead. Like dear Ed Harris, how do I get this stain out of my shirt? <laughs> I'm the stain. <laughs> but they, they, these are like the uh, the the obviously trying to be like Silence of the Lambs type like oh, here yeah. is the ominous scene where a guy meets with a completely unpredictable pure evil. psychopath pure evil type yeah. of character and uh, and he's like he's like a you know religious but also like really into being a killer and all you know he's fucking crazy he's man. a psychopath and at one point he's like self-described he's talking to Sean Connery he's like you a killer Ever been to a war? Ever been in a war? Korea, Vietnam? Never do a little hit and run with the BMW? Never tell the wifey to get an abortion? Or that piece of chicken you got on the side? Here's three hundred dollars. Get piece taken of care chicken? of. Piece yeah. of chicken. Because you got that look. You got you got ice in your eyes. And then uh, and then when he calls uh, when he calls John Connery a liar, he goes, "That's three lies, same as Peter did Jesus before the cock crowed." So he's like always dropping religious references and stuff like that. Um, and this is where you get some eight eight millimeter type shit too, yeah. because he's talking about like the do that movie. I would oh, love to. I would love to defend that yeah, movie. We just haven't gotten I there have yet. good things to say about eight we're millimeter. Hundred percent. I've never that. seen it. But uh, but he's talking about how there's just no, there's no reason for evil, and he's like, good parents, bad parents, ain't no cause and effect. It's just an appetite. Yeah. And Sean Connery goes, fuck you. Then he goes, let me tell you a few things, Armstrong. And he only tells him one thing. Uh, one, I am filled with power. I am filled with strength that reaches way beyond these bars, sir. I can touch anyone I want just as easy as dialing the telephone. Ain't no one beyond my reach. No one. You know, and that turns out to be true later yeah. on. It's pretty wild. Anyway, let's get through but the he tells plot. Him, let's get through tells the plot. Him, he tells him where the knife is. He's like, I actually I killed the uh, Or he doesn't actually say it, but he's like, hints that I actually he goes, killed the He goes, the like, girl. look for this. It's this Bible verse. Look at the signs. Look wink, it's so wink. fucking stupid. This is where the knife is. So he they, tells him where the knife is, which is what? Well, it's, which, it's like like Ecclesiastes 11, chapter 11, verse 11, one. 1. And then they go to like near where the body was found, like and they root. follow the signs, and it's root, 11, root run 11. And like Sean Connery, after they find the knife, like Sean Connery's like, look, it's one. 11 I was right it's like yes you found the fucking thing we know you were right <laughs> they find the knife that also I think I because, want the knife because of a letter uh, <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> I, 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 I want the knife I, 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 I want the knife please there's a movie I don't like <laughs> <laughs> anyway You're dead wrong Kevin <laughs> yeah why did no. I quote from the golden child just cause <laughs> just cause uh, they find the knife and uh, and so Lawrence Fishburne's whole case has fallen apart and uh, so uh, at this point they let Bobby Earl, they let Blair Underwear out of jail. Yep. And they, they fry Ed Harris right they, away. They sure do. Yeah. <laughs> they fucking get him right away. Well, they don't fry him right away because he, he not before Sean Connery meets with him again. Yes. And he and he goes like, "Wait, what's going on?" And he like reveals essentially without revealing that like maybe maybe the maybe we pl- you know that maybe we played, we played you. you. We, play, we totally played you. It's pretty and funny he, how perfunctorily it happens too. It's not like Sean Connery does any more investigations or finds out anything else. He's just at the party. He's like, I guess I did a good job. And then he gets a phone call, and Ed Harris is like, No, you didn't. Punked. Come no, on, he come goes, back over. I'll no, tell you some more stuff. No, he goes. He goes. Go see my parents down here. Yes. And he's like, Go see them and tell them blah blah blah. Say hi or whatever. He goes there, and it's this real creepy, gross old house. And then he finds them, and they've had their throats like gutted. Right. 
throats are just it's slashed. Gra- it's pretty it's hard. It's yeah. pretty Blair hard. Under- Blair Underwood gets out of jail, and then he calls him up and goes, goes visit my parents. Go visit my parents, and, and then come talk to me, yeah. and I'll tell you what's going on. And he's like, just tell me what's going on. And he goes, goes and visits him, and he's like, so how are my parents? And he won't tell him because he wants the satisfaction of knowing that they were murdered. Yeah. Because here's what happened, is that, like, Blair Underwear <laughs> and... Uh, Blair and Underwear really did it. Really did it. Yep. He, he, he killed He that struck g- a deal with Ed Harris. That, like, you're If gonna- you kill my fucked up parents who made me a monster... I will cop to the little kid's murder, and you will go free. And you'll go free, and and it worked. It worked. <laughs> and and so so Blair Blair underwear's free. He's murdered the the parents. He killed the little girl. He just murdered her because he was a psycho. Yep. Um, He's very mean. And there's another subplot that like becomes important here, where that it's implied that this is part of the reason that he became crazy, maybe or something. Oh, is that, you like, only find this out at the end. The whole thing with the uh, with Kate Capshaw. Well, that's character. the whole motive. They wanted Armstrong. They wanted Armstrong. They wanted Sean Connery to be the one to get him uh-huh. exonerated because Blair Underwear also wanted revenge on yep. Sean Connery's wife, Kate Capshaw. Because she left him in jail for a night and he and he was brutally beaten and well, castrated. And, yeah, and castrated. And castrated. What a previous end. charge. Well, and the charge was, and the charges were dropped. Right, but it wasn't for the murder of the little girl. No, no, this was a, this was something that was considered kidnapping, kidnapping. and it was the charges were dropped, because and it was the arresting officer and it was, was but, but dating it was, the girl, but and it was before. Yeah, he was arrested and convicted of raping and killing this little girl. And the reason I bring this up is because how did they railroad a castrated man for raping someone? God only knows. I would just like to know. <laughs> It's been driving me crazy since I watched it. Molly and I watched this the other night, and we're like, we were trying to figure out. We were like, we must be missing something. Yeah, wasn't there a rape? Wasn't he? Didn't he supposedly rape the girl? They do specifically say well. during the investigation because Sean Connery says the word semen a bunch. Like, there's a whole like, thing there about was semen. No semen. There was no semen. And that, tell me about the semen. Technically, that makes sense, but also like, how did this not come out? Because it's like a big reveal big when he's detail. like, they castrated me. It's like this is an important detail. I feel yes. <laughs> big, big detail that well, you find out at the very end. By also, the way. though, also though, like yeah, also ha- he did do it. Sure, yeah. I mean, <laughs> somehow yes. he so, did. It. So, so Lawrence Fishburne was totally <laughs> justified, justified. In, in coercing this. Uh, the black dude did rape and murder the the, the, I mean, the little white girl. The guy who co- coerced the was right to do it. The death penalty maybe is a good thing, or so, like right. If you if this movie actually gave a shit about any of this stuff, you'd be like, this movie's fucked up. Yeah. What the fuck is this? But it this is but insane. It, it has but absolutely it, nothing to say about any like of that. It's all just like it's all just for trickery. It's all food coloring it's trickery for, yeah. and window dressing for like a dumb thriller, yeah. which yeah. it turns into at the end, which is kind of fun. The movie doesn't care, so there's no reason you should. There's care. a big chase scene where like Blair Underwear's got little Scarlett he's, Johansson he's and Kate Capshaw. Yeah, is it Scarlett Johansson? It's ScarJo as the little girl. That's what you said. We said that earlier. <laughs> I missed that. Yeah. You're not even listening. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize it until you have to late to in these the movie. Later, like so I missed fine. her name in the credits, and I didn't like in the scene where Blair Underwear's got them in the car and they're like getting chased. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, is that Scarlett Johansson? I recognized yeah. her like the second scene. She's. I'm like, holy shit, that's Scarlett Johansson. Right, and I had to look it up right yeah. immediately because I'm like, that's because and it was it was like because it was this and like Horse Whisperer that were, uh-huh. were like first big movies wow. yeah in our auspicious beginnings for mm. Scar- in auspicious in auspicious beginnings Scarlett Johansson <laughs> um, I'm your daddy <laughs> <laughs> I'm your daddy Scarlett so anyway there's a, big, there's a big car chase in Blair I Underwear I your wife when I was 68 years old <laughs> 
Blair Underwear j- jumps a car over this bridge, and then Sean Connery. Why would you say that to you? Can't do it. He doesn't do I it. I thought that they were going to have like Sean Connery go over the bridge too, because and it was really high, and I was like, oh, I love this movie now, because that would have been a big no, jump. James Bond does. James Bond and, and Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> I was are, hoping that there would be an ejector seat in the car, and they could blow, like, blow Blair Underwear out of the ejector seat. That's <laughs> how they'd save the day. Lawrence Fishburne is like, hold on, and he unplugs them from the Matrix, and is like, we can go wherever we want now. Like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Lots of we guns. don't need Roge. Uh, that, that's Whoa. I think that's how this movie gets away with on paper being like super fucked up and wrongheaded because like if if it it's it's sort of like the implications of all this stuff that's happening are are disturbing and fucked up but then they're like jumping over bridges yeah. and you're like oh fucking cares well and like Blair like Blair jump. underwear too at some at that point is just being is just being crazy and he's yeah. just like I'll kill you I killed that little girl I'm a psycho <laughs> we're all psychopaths. Whoop, whoop, and you see Ed Harris get fried at some point, and it's like, ah! It's like, and the there's a scene going? where they're trying the to touch his liver, and they can't and touch it. It's yeah. too hot. They it's like, too hot. We, we were going to, well, I guess we can't have that for dinner. I wanted to touch his liver. I wanted to touch his liver, but it was I do too like hot. The liver Honey, wait for the liver to cool Who's down cu- before you touch it. <laughs> oh, but I want liver now. <laughs> 45 seconds. <laughs> but also, earlier on, it's important to point out um, that when Lawrence Fishburne is leading uh, Sean Connery around in the uh, gators in the in the gator yeah, infested swamps, there's a shack, and Sean Connery goes, "What's up with that shack? People live in that shack." And and Lawrence Fishburne's like, "No, that's where uh, crocodile hunters go, and they do stuff at night there. It's, we're going to be back there at the end of the movie. Don't worry about." It. There's like no reason to point it out. So you're like, "I guess we'll be going to that shack at some point." And also, there's no reason to point it out at all because at all. like it doesn't matter. Like by the end when you have him in a shack Why you're, did like, it, yeah. you're like you're like who cares I, I, I had forgotten that so and like it makes sense that Blair, he Blair Underwood wants to like confront Connery at the murder scene yeah I guess yeah. so and but like like if, some like when Blair under- the murder scene anyway so like if Blair Underwear brings back uh, like Sean Connery's wife and daughter to this shack in the swamp we're gonna be if we didn't get that description from Lawrence Fishburne we'd be like what are they doing in there what is that shack what's the deal right. with it like nobody it's a shack in the swamp we would who cares? Yeah, we would just be like we swamp, don't need to know swamp shack who cares a swamp, swamp shack it's a, a swamp shack baby. baby it's kind of that thing where you got me a gator roof. it's as big as a whale <laughs> it's about to eat Blair Underwear. <laughs> Oh, Woo! Yeah, it's like that movie. Like the movie. Like we've been paying close enough attention to the movie that like we're gonna remember th- whether we need the. Oh, this is the shack from before. Like yeah. we're not gonna just go oh, there to swamp shack now. <laughs> Who cares? If anybody out there list is listening to this, please explain the castrating detail <laughs> thing to me because that's really driving me nuts. Uh, anyway, there's a big showdown uh, with the. F- Fishburne and uh, underwear out in the. He uh, shoots fishy. Mm-hmm. He, sh- he shoots him and then he comes back and is like, and "I killed him." And you're like, he, and "You know, feeds him to the gator." And yet you didn't see him die. <laughs> well, but there's a whole confrontation with Sean Connery. This is the funny. This, to me, this is the funniest part of, about Sean Connery's performance because, all right, this is Sean Connery, his wife, who he loves, and his. Two-year-old daughter, who is Scarlett Johansson, apparently, who presumably he loves, and uh, and Blair Underwear's got a fucking knife, and he's saying, "I'm going to kill both of them," and you're going to watch. And he looks like someone is telling him that they're about to like give him cable TV or something like that. <laughs> Free cable. Oh, really? Cable? Well, <laughs> he is completely unperturbed. He's not. He as, has I would, zero change I would in his say demeanor. He's not as detached as every character in Bad Company, but pretty close. <laughs> it's right up there. He's like, oh, when I'm going to kill your wife and kids. Oh, really? That's, this night. Sh- I don't care for that. This night shoot is sure going on very long. <laughs> I, uh, I need my beauty rushed. I got to be up early for golf. <laughs> He's a golfer. Golf with Sham Jackson. Sham Jackson and Dwarf. from the Matrix. <laughs> 
all those great Matrix golf scenes. That's why Lawrence Fishburne went into the Matrix so he could be in the Matrix. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that was his, you know. Ain't that the truth? So Lawrence Fishburne is not dead because you don't see him die. And so when he says, like, yeah, I killed him, you're like, yeah, he's not dead. And he jumps right. through the screen door and, like, they end up stabbing him. Or Deshaun Connery ends up killing him, I think. Sean like, Connery stabs, stabs Blair, him. Blair underwear. And then Blair and then under, they tussle in the gator him. water and then the gator, <laughs> gator, gator, like, drags, gator drags him away. And then and you know that the gator's eating him because it starts rolling around, which well, is, I also, only know from movies is there, that gators are always rolling a, around after they eat guys. There is a shot of, of like Blair Underwear's corpse underwater like all yeah. And then yeah. gator drags it away. Yeah, the gator pulls it away. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, I don't think this movie is about the death penalty. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Because that's the whole point. It, it's supposed to be the point is that then Sean Connery's character is introduced being like, the death penalty is bad. And I don't know that I would want to kill some, you know, revenge for eye for an eye. And meanwhile, then that's how the movie ends is eye for an eye. And you're supposed to be like, oh, right? Because that's like. And it just uh, ends there, too. Like, at no point does Sean Connery force to reckon with his assertion eh. of capital punishment. I mean, that has the movie has nothing to do with that. No, no. Fishburne is okay. Yeah. This family's okay. This guy who was actually a psychopathic murderer is dead. Sometimes twisted justice is indeed justice. I guess. <laughs> there, there is a really funny scene where him and, like, Fishburne, who are buddies now because they uh, went through the Crucible together, but they'd, early, they'd talked about, how, you know, sleeping, how it's hard to sleep at night or something like that, and Lawrence Fishburne, he's like, he's all injured, and he's like, ah, at least we will be able to sleep tonight. And Sean Connery goes, well, will she? And you're like, you're going to sleep like a fucking baby, Sean Connery. Well, I mean, Shut it's up. Also, I mean, he's an old man, and it's been a, it's been a busy day. He's going to need to go to bed early. There's been some energy expenditure. <laughs> yeah, he seems like he's, I mean, you feel like he does need to sleep. Yeah, he's going to need a nap at least. With a guy had a knife to my daughter. I was rattled almost. <laughs> I was almost rattled. What's with all this chicanery? <laughs> Didn't care for that. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. Roll credits. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Then and, and then the movie is over. Why? Just cause. Just cause. Just and cause. Danny Aiello the third is one of the stuntmen in this movie. Uh, he's a, a prolific stuntman. Yeah. He's been in so many a thing. It's almost like lot. Frank Capra the third is oh. also a, a frequent uh, assistant director. Oh, that's awesome. Well, good for him. Good for you, Danny Aiello the third. If you're listening, um, uh, we're proud of you, just like your dad is. <laughs> is that Danny Aiello the uh, Danny Aiello? Is that his son? Presumably, I would yeah. imagine so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see if I have any. Uh, I think I got all the good quotes in there. Why does I mean, the sun come up in the morning? Oh, here's the stars merely pinholes in the curtain of night. <laughs> here, That's a Highlander. Is, this is my favorite line in Highlander. Also in Highlander, the Scottish nobleman calls a guy pendejo. This well, he's a, he's wait, Spanish, but he's played Spanish by a Scotsman. But he goes, he's like, let me tell you something, pendejo. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm <laughs> Spanish. I'm a Spanish nobleman. I'm a Spaniard. <laughs> this uh, this is uh, this the, so uh, part of their scheme was that um, Blair or um, Ed Harris, whatever this fucking name is, uh, sent a letter to the uh, the family of the little girl who was stabbed, and this is part of their like I scheme to get him off. And this is the letter, and then a guy has to read it in court too. And it's one of those scenes where the movie's trying so hard to be serious, and this is gross, but it's also like this movie's too stupid to even pull off being gross. Mm -hmm. And so a guy's trying to read this and be like, "Oh, fucked up and disturbed at how disturbing it is." And this is what the letter is. You may have already uh, and then, won, <laughs> and this is and this is the guy like a guy in court reading the letter who is uh, off put by the letter. He's like prepaid visa oh, card. I just wanted you to know that I just wanted you to know what a real sweet piece of business your little baby was. Doing her was like <laughs> carving up a ripe melon, <laughs> like picking ripe cherries on a summer morning. <sighs> Like plowing a scented field. What? And plower I did. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm 
sorry that I laughed at that. Amazing. I'm I, just saying that's the kind of movie we're talking about here. I must have here. tuned out during this because I had forgotten that. Yeah, that really happens. I don't know. Can't get any better. Yeah, I feel like not, the guy who wrote not, the letter was not a nice guy. If it's not Bo he Jackson, if it's not Bo Jackson reading it in court, I don't care anymore. <laughs> Sorry you had to do all that, Bo Jackson. Um, uh, ratings? I think ratings, yeah. Two and a half, Juds. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it, uh, I'm going to give it like one and a half Douglases. Because, not because of any like overt sexual content, but you know, like, yeah, plow her I did. Uh, uh, the disgusting May-December romance between Sean Connery and his, uh, <laughs> his, his nubile 12-year-old wife or whatever she is, Kate Capshaw. Uh, and you know, yeah. So I'm gonna give it a little, just a little, a little <laughs> bit of uh, disgusting, disgusting. <laughs> it kind of is. I it's told like, him by I it's told like him in my a later husband. Roger Moore Bonds when it's like <laughs> Roger's like 65, and he was like, you know, it's not an ugly man, but he was looking a little rough. He looks, he's like sort of like a roasted ham, especially like making in, out with these hot in, ladies. In View to a Kill, it looks particularly rough, but like there's that scene in, in Octopussy where she's, yeah. he's like, he sees the tattoo and they're in bed together. It's disgusting. <laughs> so it's <laughs> so weird because like at that, like in those later ones, Roger or Roger Moore straight up has like an old man body too. He's yeah. kind of got like old man boobs, and like nineteen year old girls will be like. Yeah, like in hey. Bare Eyes Only, where like, where yeah, she's like Lynn Holly Johnson. It's like, oh my god, and it's ju- it is just bananas. But, but yeah. it is, but it is also pops up in this movie with Connery, yes. where like, where like the lady, there's that one that late, the clerk lady is like, uh, like she immediately is like, oh, oh your son-in-law, he is hot, <laughs> and you're kind of like Doctor like, Henry Jones. Senior. Later on, when she's hitting on Chris Sarandon, you like, was the next man. You're he, old enough to be my <laughs> my grandfather. <laughs> How did you know she was a Nazi? Yeah. Doctrine asleep. Because yeah. okay. yeah. the know. passion of the night. <sighs> God, so good. Anyway, uh, so yeah, one and a half Douglases, nothing too fancy. Yeah. And I'm going to give it uh, 10 out of 10 mysterious castrations. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shit. I don't have a choice. I'm they d- castrated me. It's so weird. That movie, This movie still has that in its chamber at the end. It, I kind of like An it. enormous plot hole. <laughs> That's why I'm gonna go. I'm gonna like, actually go three. I just judges. think wow. it's so funny. Like they they railroaded him, even though he did it, and he couldn't have done it. <laughs> the movie doesn't care though. Whatever. Uh, I'm just gonna give it three judges. It's a technically a terrible movie, but it, it looks pretty good. It moves really fast. It's just consistently stupid. Like I said, it, it's got a castration bit that it, it saves until the very last like couple minutes. You're mm-hmm. like, shit, now castration? Holy crap! Yeah, double um, castration. It's it's just. It's really quintessential, like the kind of movie I, I wanted to do it it's from the, the get go. When we started movie this, we decided to do this for. Yeah, you know, like well, it's like castration reveal, and then guy gets eaten by a gator like two minutes oh, later. Yeah. The you last know, twenty minutes like, are absolutely worth it. It's beautiful yeah. stuff. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful. Uh, I'm gonna give it. Yeah, well, yeah, one and a half Douglases. I mean, <laughs> that disgusting made December romance. <laughs> but other than that, enervating. I mean, it's it's not really enervating. In, it's not really. It's obviously the role was probably written for like a 41 year old man sure. or something, and they were like, "Well, we got a 99 year old man. Well, but we we he's got still Connery gonna have a little contract girl. or something." Yeah. Like oh, Connery George. says he'll do it. Um, he know. turned down the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, right? Now, he was supposed to play John Travolta's character in Pulp Fiction. Turned down Gandalf. <laughs> Sean Connery shooting up. Yeah, they fucking cheat my car. I'm the foot fucking master. No wait, that's uh, that's <laughs> the, the other foot guy. fucking master. It's a moral test of oneself. I'm gonna go home, jerk off. <laughs> that's all you're gonna fucking. That's do? all you're gonna fucking do. I gotta stab her three times. Hit my friend Palooka. <laughs> you heard me. I think you heard me just fine, Punchy. punchy. 
<laughs> I could go on and on. I mean, <laughs> no, you can get a glass of beer. I'll tell you, you dig it the most. <laughs> Pork chops taste good. <laughs> Bacon tastes good. Bacon tastes good. Pork chops taste good. <laughs> you know what you're going to be without a job or a place of residence? You're going to be a bum. You're going to be a fucking bum. Be a fucking bum. <laughs> <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> oh, bonus episode for the Patreon. Just us doing Sean Connery reciting Vince Vega lines. <laughs> I don't uh, watch television. Where was I? Was I one and a half... Uh, just can we imagine Pulp Fiction where it's Lawrence Fishburne and Sean Connery? I certainly can now. <laughs> but oh, you are man. aware that there is an invention called television, and on this show, on te- well, this invention, they show they shows. Show shows. <laughs> Sean Connery is Vince. <laughs> Sean Connery and Broken Arrow. Oh, ain't it uh, cool? Okay. Ain't anyway, cool? what were what were what, what happened? You gave it three juds, and you gave it ten out of ten. I think one and a half, uh, one and a half Daglases, yeah. yeah. and then uh, oh shit, uh, ten out of ten phone book beatings. Mm, They're okay. back, baby. I'm uh, going. Uh, I can only go two and a half. It's like not good, but I think if this movie was better, technically, like it had, like it wanted to be a better movie that was a real movie, it would be worse. Mm-hmm. I think two and a half is all this movie can get to. It's like ah, we're not going for anything actually good. You know, and if it was more, f- it could be more like worse. It would be maybe more fun, but yeah, like the ending is the best part where it sort of goes goes like now we're just this kind of movie. We were only this kind of movie this to start with. Yeah, uh, and I'm gonna go two. Uh, Douglas is just kind of because of the like the sle- all the sleazy stuff you guys mentioned, but also just like there is too. It's like that the movie's convictions are no, there's no convictions, mm-hmm. and that they're still showing like graphic murdered little girl yeah. bodies, and you're like you're just do-, and then ultimately you're just doing this to like just for, to goose you, just to like go like isn't this isn't this gross and salacious mm-hmm. and isn't what how could that have happened? And you're like yeah, it's kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of icky. Uh, and then shit, what did you do? I did uh, castration plot holes. Phone book beatings. Fuck. I don't remember what else happens in this movie even. Gator. Mm, I had I had one. Ed I Harris, ten, Henry ten, Murals. Ed Harris, ten, Naked. Ten out of ten. Uh, ten out of ten car bridge jumps. There we go. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. All right, so that was Fishburn. <laughs> Everybody look up Henry Seattle Murals. No. You'll yeah. see what I'm talking you about. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> Uh, I think you I will. Mean, did we hype it up enough? <laughs> I mean, don't like look them up for a long time. Don't spend your whole afternoon doing it. But <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to this episode. This yeah. was whatever Fishburn uh, pun we teach a man to fishburn. Something yeah, teach a man to fishburn. I think is is, is their best bet. Seems like that's what we're going. Uh, with. What are we doing uh, next show, guys? I oh. think we get an ec- a good segue. Well, we have a good segue. One. Ellen Barkin was in bad company, so I think mm-hmm. next time we'll do. What are we going to call it? My dogs, My dogs are, are barking. barking. Yeah. You also had Grand Moff barking, Grand which Moff I was barking. pretty, pretty uh, partial to. Barking up the wrong barking tree. Barking up the wrong tree, barking at the moon. Anyway, three movies by Ellen Barkin. The Big Easy with uh, who's with Dennis Quaid is back. Dennis and Quaid. you're dir- the director, Jim McBride, Jim a guy McBride. You, you like. Jim McBride, yeah. Always a McBride's bait. Yeah. <laughs> never, never a McBride. Uh, Siesta from Mary Heron, which I've never seen, I but it's, seen it's very hard to see. Very weird. Um, only available on videotape in the States, I believe. And uh, fourth appearance, fourth appearance by our beloved Harold Becker for Sea of Love. Yeah, but is this our first appearance of Al Pacino? Pacino? Al Pacino? Yes. Okay. I've been looking. This, is, oh. this has been up there with Just Cause for one of the ones. I've been sea of Love is a movie, a movie I, remember, I remember really loving, and I haven't watched it in years. Yeah. So. It's all right. Oh, you got to come with me to the Sea of Love, baby. Oh. 
got so many C's. <laughs> so everybody, <laughs> everybody, get ready for that. That and our We're John, coming out. Our John Goodman impressions. Oh, that's right. Uh, so is Goodman uh, in both the Big Easy and Sea of Love? Oh wow! Holy shit! Yeah. So anyway, Amazing. we're excited for that. My our, until then, our dogs will be barking at yeah. the moon. Uh, follow up us on the wrong on tree. The Twitter's letterbox to uh, join our Patreon account. We got a bunch of stuff on Patreon now. Uh, um, most recent episode will be, I think, Transformers, Transformers Two. Transformers Two. Previous to that, Natural Killers and a bunch of other good stuff. Look it's it up. Police Academy Academy Volume Police Two Academy is on its way. Academy Volume Two will Ooh, be out soon. That's got a that's got some stuff in it that is real classic bits. There's hmm. some there is some really good stuff in in Police Academy Academy 2. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll yeah. know when you hear it if uh, you pony up that 450 a month, which is <laughs> practically nothing. Only four and a half Douglases. Yeah. Just four and a half Douglases. <laughs> it's not even five. Goddamn thing. Uh yeah, and so I guess that's it. Yeah. So keep on rating Yeah, rate us. and review. Yeah, uh, rate and review and until tonight, next time the suspense is killing us. Filling gaps too, get your niggas know I'm coming at you I guess that's part of the game But I feel for the nigga who think he just gonna come and change things With the swiftness, so get it right with the quickness